Welcome to another hashtag football Friday edition of Second City Sports live and in living color right here on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Bray. Hey, folks, that's me. <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You follow me at Kina McGee on the Twitter and at Kina's McGee on the IG. Make sure you follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, at Sports Zone Chicago, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And make sure you download that Sports Zone Chicago app wherever you get your apps, whether it's Amazon, iTunes, Apple iTunes Store, wherever you get your apps, Google Play. There we go. Wherever you get yeah. your apps, make sure that that app says Sports Zone Chicago. You know why? Because you could catch any of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you miss, any of our other live shows, that's okay. You go back and listen and watch them at your own leisure. You can catch the audio version of this podcast by subscribing to War on Anchor. We're available on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. Make sure you type in those search engine boxes on those podcast platforms, W-A-R-R on Anchor. And you can follow War Media on all social media platforms as well. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at W-A-R-R Media. Once again, at War Media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. But thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. <laughs> Lakina, let's kick off this episode of Second City Sports on a hashtag Football Friday. Of course, as we always do, we kick it off with basketball talk. The Chicago Bulls, they, they stand at 17-9 and nine on the season. They have a game in South Beach against the Miami Heat tomorrow. But first... Mm -hmm. We had to talk about some news off the court. They have five players right now in COVID protocols. Um, there have been some reports, using air quotes here, and mm -hmm. some chatter that tomorrow's game against the Miami Heat will be uh, postponed. As of right now, the game uh, will go on. The Bulls, as I, as I mentioned, they have five players, including DeMar DeRozan, Derrick Jones, as of yesterday in protocol protocols and we'll see if they get some good news today of course Alex Caruso has missed uh, the last couple of games due to an injury he may make his return tomorrow uh, against the Miami Heat well uh, we'll have a friend of the show and and Bulls uh insider for NBC Sports Chicago Mr. Rob Shaver joining us at the bottom of the hour to give us the latest updates on the Chicago Bulls and uh, with their situation going on so we'll talk to him about that and more at the bottom of the hour Lakina, let's go in, into their last game against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday. Of course, uh, the, the Bulls, as we mentioned, uh, misses uh, several key players due to COVID protocols. They lose to the Cavaliers 115-92. to Derrick Jones, as I mentioned at, at the top, uh, he's in COVID protocols. He scored 11 points as he uh, filled in for DeMar DeRozan in the starting lineup. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic had 18 points but struggled shooting, especially from the outside from three-point land, one of seven in 31 minutes of action. He had Lonzo Ball with 19 points and seven assists. Zach Levine did his thing, 23 points on 9-21 shooting. Uh, Ayo Dusumu uh, got another start. Uh, he struggled. Uh, only uh, scoring five points in 34 minutes, even though he was two for two from the field. Lakina, we talked about this all year, especially after the Patrick Williams injury. Uh, their interior defense is terrible. I know that the Bulls can beat you with their speed and quickness, but this is something that's going to have to be addressed. It's not going to happen right away, but we saw from Cleveland, um, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, who's he may be the rookie of the year when all is said and done mm -hmm. at the end of the year, but those two players for Cleveland did damage big time to the Chicago Bulls. 
Yeah, Garland has been having a great year so far, and he's one of the reasons why Cleveland is, you know, right at the, you know, right above 500, you know, 14 and 12. And, and look, this is one of those games where you just throw it in the trash. You're going to have a handful of these in a long season. Half the, you know, the Bulls team are, you know, you know, have COVID and they're, or, or they're in protocol. So they were out like half their team. So, mm-hmm. and then look, that, that Cavs team was actually pretty good, like you said before. I mean, Evan Moley, I think he's the front runner for rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, they have you know, Jared, Jared Allen, who's been still been pretty solid for them. So I, I, I kind of look like, again, I know people want to, you know, say, oh, you know, because, you know, how Bulls Twitter is. They want to trade it. You know, Vooch, you know, back to bad Vooch. Look, I think people need to kind of just chill for a second. He scored 18. So it's not like, you know, yeah. he, he struggled for the field. He had a double double. But, you know, look, again, this is one of those games where the Bulls, you know, you put it in the trash, you know, you, you forget about it. You know, you play the, you know, we'll see what happens with this heat game to came tomorrow because, you know, like you said, there, mm-hmm. there were, there have been rumors that because of you know, half the, and this is not just a, a bulls issue. Apparently this is a league wide issue. We'll get to that in a second, but mm-hmm. various teams have been, you know, dealing with COVID and, and such and protocols too. So, you know, it's cold and flu season. What, what more can you do? But, you know, hopefully that will, they'll be able to get the, they'll be able to get the game in and, you know, may not have to reschedule for the rest of the, you know, towards you know near the end of the season mm-hmm. you know, they have it, and the good news is that no games have you know none of the games have had to have been you know rescheduled or postponed mm-hmm. but you know we'll just have to wait and see and, and and look i mean you know you look at their schedule coming up they have detroit on they don't play again until tuesday if they should they not play uh, against miami mm-hmm. they have toronto then lebron and the gang you know with the lakers we'll get to them in a second comes here you know next sunday so they got a pretty i don't want to say like easy schedule but they got a pretty lenient schedule you know, mm-hmm. so you know, these next few, you know, next couple of weeks, you know, you know, up and down for the most part. So they've got their chances. Hopefully, you know, by the time this stuff comes up, I mean, hopefully a lot of those guys will be back, you know, like like DeRozan and, you know, and Jones Jr. And, and such, you know, maybe hopefully Alice Caruso will be back by then as well with his, you know, going through his hamstring injury. So, you know, I, I think it's just one of those things where you just have to, you know, it, this, is a, this is the new world that, you know, teams are going through. So. You got it. It's the ebbs and flows through the season. Yeah. Yes. You, you may have to deal with COVID. Though they're not the only ones, but you know, you just gotta, you just gotta you know, roll with the punches. Going back to the box score from the Bulls game the other night against Cleveland. And you mentioned uh, Evan Mobley. He had uh, 16 points and nine rebounds in 32 minutes of action. Kevin Love, uh, we saw a sighting from him. Maybe he could be in the buyout market around the trade deadline. Who knows? But in 20 minutes of action, he had 11 points and five rebounds. Dean Wade, not D-Wade, not our Chicago mm-hmm. owns Dwayne Wade. Dean Wade out of Kansas State. Yes. Uh, he had nine points and five minutes of action. Of course, Darius Garland had 24 points and six rebounds. Of course, Laurie Marketing, the former Chicago Bull, he had 14 points on five and eight shooting, including two for four for three point range. You can tell he was smiling and giddy a little bit mm-hmm. as he uh, did his thing against his former team. As you mentioned, Lakina, I'm not too worried about, like I said, Cleveland, maybe they'll hang around at the end of that. It's the, the case, so be it. But this is not the Cleveland Cavaliers here before LeBron came back the second time. It's not that team no. anymore. Too bad Colin Sexton isn't there. I know he's right. injured for the perhaps for the year, but uh, the this Cavaliers team will give you a fight. Yeah, the Bulls weren't um, weren't they didn't have that full roster. Like you said, just throw it out the window. I guarantee you, if they, even if they had DeRozan, uh, they, they would have beaten the Cavaliers. Not saying the Cavaliers are a slouchy team, no way. But uh, the Bulls didn't have that full roster. Uh, the next time they'll play him, hopefully the Bulls will be majority healthy and they'll get the Cavaliers. So, like, like you said, I'm uh, I'm concerned about the interior defense, but that's been a concern of ours 
all season long, but you throw this game out the window and you have revenge on your mind tomorrow night against the Heat on the road. Yeah, assuming that game is played. I mean, I know you know the Heat's are, the Heat's having various issues too, not not through COVID, but you know through injuries. Mm-hmm. Stuff. But they did get a they did get a big win against the Bucks. I know our our, our buddy Alana Tucker was a big Heat fan. We've had on the show multiple times. Yeah, I know she mm-hmm. was happy about that win. But yeah, I, I mean, look, this is sort of the ebbs and flows of a long season. You know, some teams have to deal with COVID. Some teams have to deal with injuries. You know, half their guys you know being injured and banked up. So. It's one of those things that, you know, it, it happens a lot. That's, what, you know, this avoid, like I said, you know, a few minutes ago, this is a new world we're living in. And look, that Cavs team, you know, imagine if Sexton was there, they'd probably be like right in the middle of the pack in the East. So, yeah. you know, that this is actually a pretty good uh, Cavs team. They got some good young talent. This is not like those LeBron teams, post-LeBron, that were terrible. Well, like I said, well, Kevin Love's been looking pretty good. We'll see if he's out there in the buyout market. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about a team that's rebuildings, you know, in a little bit, but you know, we'll probably even talk about that with Rob, but you know, it's just one of those th- things where, look, it's a long season. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have little, you know, little bumps in the road, you know, whether it's COVID mm-hmm. or injuries and such. So the key is how do you come back from that? And look, the good news is that the Bulls have had a couple of days off. They've had guys, Alfonso McKinney is back with the Bulls organization. They just signed him up, you know, as a, as a hardship signing. We'll ask Rob about that. So, you know, it's, it's one of these where hopefully they can maybe, you know, take advantage of the fact that, you know, the Heat's also having their own various issues too. So, Hopefully they can get their revenge on tomorrow night. You're listening to Sega City Sports Live and in Living Color on a hashtag Football Friday right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Sid Lakina are here with you as we talk a Bulls basketball, and we're going to talk about the rest of the league in just a second. Uh, Rob Shaver, as you mentioned, Lakina, he'll join from NBC Sports Chicago. He covers the Bulls. He'll join us at the bottom of this hour to give us the latest uh, on the Bulls and their COVID situation and perhaps tomorrow night's game as well uh, against the Miami Heat. Of course, the Bulls are already down there, so – Hopefully that game will uh, take place with no issues. If you have a question or comment for us, you can go to uh, Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Uh, we'll, Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll or do something stupid, Lakina will give you the city of Glendale, Arizona boot. <laughs> like the coyotes <laughs> oh, brother. yeah <laughs> we'll get yeah, on that you, later <laughs> yeah we will uh but yeah i mean what 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 sort of caught your eye this week in the nba sid uh the los angeles lakers of course uh, they uh, they blew out the boston celtics in front of a national audience on tuesday russell westbrook had 23 points in the mm-hmm. game he had 15 in the third quarter there uh, on the flip side, Boston went 0 for 2 uh, 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 on their current West Coast road trip, losing to the Lakers in the Clippers on back-to-back nights. Uh, but let's start with the Lakers first. The Lakers, they, they look good in the win against Boston. They're, they're playing defense. Russell Westbrook was finally being consistent, getting on track. LeBron James is back healthy. Uh, mm-hmm. Anthony Davis, uh, some people question it. Does he have the heart? Does he have the toughness? Mm-hmm. Does he have the dog attitude in him to take it over? We'll get to Charles Barkley's comments in just a second. But last night, uh, the Lakers played at Memphis. No John Moran for the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies blew out the Lakers in the fourth quarter. Uh, There are many questions to whether uh, will this Lakers team even be together uh, roster-wise at the All-Star break. They can't do anything as far as trades because they, they're cash-strapped. They're, they're mm-hmm. over the salary cap. And then now there's talks that Frank Vogel could be fired. I know it, this is a professional business. Someone has to pay for it, but it should be Frank Vogel. It should be GM Ron Palinga, but let's be honest, I don't think he's going to get the ax either. It'll probably just be the head coach. 
Yeah, and I think there's questions about that because I, I saw some of those tweets in you know, the last couple of games for the Lakers. You thought that maybe they could get that they've gotten together against the Celtics. Mm-hmm. They take two, still you know, two two steps forward. I mean, a step forward, but then they end up taking like two or three steps back. I mean, uh, and, and you know, LeBron, we got to give him a shout. Out, you know, his due. You know, he came the fifth player in NBA history to reach 100 career triple doubles. Mm-hmm. Join the likes of you know Russell Westbrook, his teammate, uh, you know the big O, Oscar Robinson, mm-hmm. Magic, and Jay Kidd. So. You got to give them give them some props for that accomplishment. But as far as the team, I mean, it's just weird. They're they're at thirteen and thirteen. They're at five hundred, you know, as of this uh, this recording. And it's it's one of those things where you thought that maybe you took two. Like I said, like I said, you know, they take two steps. They take a step forward, and maybe they can kind of they're going into mm-hmm. a rhythm. Then they take you know a couple of steps back, and unfortunately, they still look lackadaisical. They still look unorganized. Carmelo's been struggling. Dwight Howard, you don't know where he you know where he fits into this team. Mm-hmm. And you, look, you got you guys have tried to step up, you know, A.B. You know, Bradley, Horton Tucker, I mean, you know, Malik Monk, you know, he was good. He's been good, but he's had his struggles. DeAndre Jordan didn't even play. So unfortunately, you know, there's someone that's going to have to pay it. Probably it's going to end up being Coach Vogel, I feel like. It shouldn't be that way, but I know the expectations are uh, tremendous in Los Angeles is win or go home. And um, regarding Charles Barkley, I don't know if you caught it on Tuesday. He said that uh, Anthony Davis should play much better. He should have that attitude that he's one of the top five best players in basketball right now. He's not bringing it. We talked about this before the season started, Lakina. This is not LeBron's team anymore. This is Anthony Davis's team. And Anthony Davis, the offense should run through him. He should, he should play better than what he's been playing. Do I blame it all on him? No, but he's the focal point. Uh, of this Lakers team. He's the franchise now. And here's the thing, and I heard some people say this over the last couple of years, this is what happens when you give the keys to the franchise and i.e. LeBron James, you depend on him too much. I know he's in his 19th year, but two out of three years he's been in Los Angeles, he's been injured. And so when this is what happens when you get the keys to the franchise, uh, of the franchise to you, uh, the best play, this is what happens. He's got all his buddies on his team now and look what's happened. Uh, uh, that I know the last year's team was riddled by injuries, including James's own injury with that uh, ankle injury. But uh, this roster lack, lacks balance right now. I'll give him a sort of a pass because Trevor Ariza, who they picked up over the summer, he hasn't played yet this year. But besides that, uh, this roster is unbalanced. I know it takes time for people to fill in their roles, but what are their roles right now? Yeah, and I think you know once Ariza, yeah, you know, I think there are rumors that he might be back, you know, right before Christmas, by Christmas. So you know, mm-hmm. hopefully, if you're a Lakers fan, hopefully, because they really do need him. And 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 look, I, I kind of feel like at this point, I mean, if someone's got to take the the brunt of it. The fact that this team still, it's been 26 games. You're about a third through the season. This team still hasn't gotten mm-hmm. it together. And you know, unfortunately, the coach might end up getting you know the blame. You know, which is a you know it's unfortunate, but it is a business. And, you know, look, LeBron's got his boys now, and hopefully they can get it together. But right now they, they're meandering on 500. They're kind of like, you know, in the middle of the pack in the West. You know, a lot of people thought they'd be right there for a one seed. So, you know, you just got to wait and see what happens. Now, for now the one the problem that most impressed me for me this week was the Clippers. Look like the Clippers are kind of starting to mm-hmm. kind of find their rhythm a little bit. They got a big win against Portland. On Monday, they didn't have then they had a a big win against Boston on Wednesday. And look, there it's not just you know PG that's you know you know I mean look PG's doing this this thing you know he's scoring and whatnot, but you know it's getting he's getting contributions from some of the other uh, the other guys. Um, I, he, I don't think he he didn't even play uh yesterday uh, on Wednesday because of an elbow injury. Mm-hmm. But you know but you know they all the other guys you know st- stepped up. I mean Marcus Morris you know stepped up. Uh, Reggie Jackson and uh, Terrence Mann. I mean, 
And also, too, uh, Serge Ibaka. Wait, not Serge Ibaka. Uh, Brandon Boston Jr. I know some people, you've never mm-hmm. heard of that guy. But, you know, he's kind of a, you know, I don't, he's not a journeyman. He's been playing. I guess he's been, I think he's been playing with the, uh, you know, he's from Kentucky. If the name sounds weird, are you to Kentucky fans? He's a first-round mm-hmm. pick. And he's now, you know, trying to find his rhythm. And, you know, had, 20, had a career high 27 off the bench. And then they're that big win against Boston. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, the Clippers, you know, whether, you know, the Lakers are not, you know, Maybe kind of mad, but the Clippers, like, they're starting to get into a rhythm. Yeah, I did watch uh, the second half of that game the other night on my computer screen. (laughs) You mentioned Brandon Boston, uh, uh, the rookie, had a great game. Of course, uh, a couple of days before then, he got uh, called back up. Uh, he scored 46 points in the G League game. So, and mm-hmm. I caught his interview, post game interview with Jamie Maggio, the Clippers uh, sideline reporter at the end of the game. Uh, that young great, man sounds, yeah, exactly. Uh, he was very humble, uh, yes. appreciative on the moment, and, and he played a big role in the in, in the Clippers win over Boston. Boston was coming back after trailing big at halftime, but mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Boston <laughs> uh, uh, held his own. And uh, like you mentioned, Lakina, uh, the rest of that roster. Uh, held it together uh, for that win. The Clippers are still going to be a, a team to be reckoned with, especially when Paul George gets back. Hovick, Kawhi, and Leonard can come back later on in the season, and they'll definitely be a, a dangerous team. But uh, what a performance by Mr. Brandon Boston. Uh, he definitely deserves his props and the player to gain. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think I think a uh, coach, you know, Coach Calipari was bragging a little bit. <laughs> he saw, you know, he, he was. <laughs> he was bragging a little bit, like, hey, that that's one of my guys. But yeah, it was you know a fun performance by by him, and you know, in the key game, like I said before, I think the Clippers are starting to kind of finding a rhythm here. Uh, Dallas, you know, on the other hand, not so much. Uh, and what the heck, yeah. not to interrupt Lakina, but what the hell was that on Tuesday uh, in their three point loss to the Brooklyn Nets? Uh, who, no one wanted to uh, to catch the ball to shoot the potential game tying three. Luca's uh, Luca ended up uh, shooting, but oh, uh, it was playing hot potato. <laughs> they were very disorganized. I, I, I didn't understand it. Maybe you saw something I didn't. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, KD was right there in that area. Maybe they thought that uh, KD's going to somehow like block the shot. I guess you know, Luca ended up end up you know trying you know taking it, but of course he missed it. But you know, they they rebounded a little bit. You know, they broke Memphis's uh like six game winning streak uh on on Wednesday, so that mm-hmm. kind of helps with the morale on the team. And you know, Luca, you know, did some comments that you know I'm not really 100 percent committed, and he's kind of like dragging along. You know, which is something that you don't want to hear your your top guys say, <laughs> but you know it it is what it is. But you know, Dallas has been kind of up and down. You know, some people are saying that you know can Jason Kidd kind of get it together, but mm-hmm. you know it, we'll, we'll see about them. I mean, they're they're kind of like right in the middle of the back there. They're kind of like right in the in the play in game areas right now. So you know, we'll see yeah. if maybe if Dallas can get it together. And also the Brooklyn Nets. Speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, they split their two-game series in the state of Texas. Of course, they we talked about their win at Dallas on Tuesday. The following night, uh, they lost to the Houston Rockets, one fourteen to one hundred four. Uh, break up the Rockets, Lakina. You mentioned them in our last show on Monday. I believe that's now eight in a row. They're eight and sixteen mm-hmm. on the season. Uh, they, I don't think this team is going to make the playoffs. Uh, they're in a rebuilding stage, but. Uh, right. it, 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 it's a very good story down there in Houston right now. Brooklyn, uh, the, uh, I know they're 17 and 8. They're battling the Bulls for the top spot in the Eastern Conference. But uh, it, it's a nice feel-good story for the moment for the Rockets and their fans. 
Well, remember, I think KD, you know, and Harden, yeah, I think KD didn't play, you know, I think he took a rest day, so I think that's why, <laughs> that might have been why, you know, they, they lost, but even still, they probably should have beaten them, but yeah, I mean, eight in a row for Houston, and, you know, that's, I, eight and 60, I, I don't know what to think, I mean, look, I'm not going to hear it, sit here and say they're going to pee for a playoff spot, but, you know, they, they look good, I mean, look, Eric Gordon is still there, you know, he, you know, led the way with that in that game. Garrison Matthews, who's a you know, a, you know, they got you know, a, you know, Armani Brooks. I mean, they got a lot of young, good young talent on that team. They just gotta develop a little bit more, and maybe they can kind of use this as momentum for next season because they just they will have you know money, you know, in the cap. So maybe they can try mm-hmm. to get maybe get a star to come on the team. But yeah, and also John Wall isn't playing yet. I mean, that that whole saga. That's another story for another uh, episode. Yeah. But you know that that whole thing. But you know, it, look, it's a nice story for Houston, and I and look, I think that maybe you know. Houston, I'm not gonna say I think they're they're showing people that look, we're not we're we're not you know you're not gonna you know as as our buddy Dave Watson say have said about the Bulls you know, you know no one you can't go to the club anymore and Stephen Silas look he learned from his dad so he's yeah. you know, got those guys Paul playing Silas. pretty mm-hmm. well yeah so. Yeah, you're listening to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. Lakina Lamigi is she. I am Sydney Brown, which is me. Lakina, before we close out this half hour uh, and bring on Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago to talk uh, Bulls uh, uh, further, let's give uh, our listeners uh, the schedule for uh, this weekend's games in the National Basketball Association, starting with tonight's game. Uh, the first game of the ESPN doubleheader will have the Brooklyn Nets, as we mentioned, uh, taking on the Atlanta Hawks down there in State Farm Arena, uh, followed by the Boston Celtics in the Phoenix Suns. That's the second game of the ESPN doubleheader tonight. I think, yeah, I think they're finishing up uh, of their West Coast road trip, Boston is. So mm-hmm. it's, been, it's, been a, it's been up and down for them. So hopefully they can finish strong. Um Lost, you know, Lakers play OKC. We'll see if they can kind of, you know, bounce back from that loss. Uh, should be a, a fun one. Also, New York and, and Toronto. I know Toronto has had their COVID outbreak. Messiah Jury, who's the, uh, the 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 GM, you know, he you confirmed that he tested positive. Seems to be an outbreak up there. So we'll see how the team looks against New York, who's had who's had their own issues. Now yeah. Saturday's game, you know, real quick, you got the first of the ABC primetime games, and you got a good one here at seven thirty. You got Golden State and Philadelphia. You know, and B started to kind of find his rhythm a little bit. It was a little bit scary. Mm-hmm. I think he scored like 40 some points a couple of days ago. He said he's not even at 100% yet. So yeah. that's a little bit scary. And uh, Golden State, you know, they're playing well. You know, they, they all they had struggled in you know, their last game, but should be a fun one in Philly. Yeah. And also, too, a couple of quick uh, games for Saturday the Orlando at the Clippers at 2 30. The Jazz and the Utah Jazz continue their East Coast road trip. They'll play the Washington Wizards at six o'clock. And then, of course, the Nuggets and the Spurs at 7 30. For Sunday, we'll have the Bucks and the New York Knicks at 11 o'clock, right before football, folks. So you can tune into mm-hmm. that one if you can. And, of course, uh, Dallas at OKC at six o'clock. Of course, uh, the Timberwolves at Portland at eight o'clock and then the Orlando Magic in the Los Angeles Lakers tomorrow night at 830. So those are your uh, key weekend games in the National Basketball Association. We hit the bottom of the hour break when we return right here on Second City Sports live in living color right here on Sports Hill Chicago. We're going to have good friend of the show, Mr. Rob Shaper from NBC Sports Chicago. He's going to hop on with us to talk uh, more bulls in, in the NBA. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. 
NFL on Sunday, the Bears fell 33-22 at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Chicago dropped to 4-8 with a loss. Andy Dalton picked off four times, 26-41 of 41 passing, 229 yards, two touchdowns. David Montgomery rushed the ball 21 times for 90 yards and a touchdown. Dalton got sacked three times in the loss. On the other side, Kyler Murray returned to the lineup. 11-15 passing, 123 yards, two touchdowns. He also rushed for a pair of scores. NBA tonight, the Bulls host the Nuggets. Chicago with wins in three straight. The Bulls are 16-8 and eight overall, just a half game behind the Nets for the top spot in the East. NHL, the Blackhawks beat the Islanders 3-2. 22 saves for Marc-Andre Fleury. Regulation goals from Brandon Hagel and Dylan Strome. Chicago's Patrick Kane with the shootout winner. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. Dance the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Research shows that people remember radio ads with lots of sound effects. So to help you remember that Liberty Mutual Insurance Company customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need, here are some zany sounds. Saving on home insurance is no laughing matter. Liberty Mutual customizes your home insurance so you only pay for what you need. The money you save could change your life. It's time for you to take your insurance choice seriously. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. It's Macy's one-day sale tomorrow with deals of the day to wrap up your holiday shopping, like 40% off fresh fragrances from Juicy Couture, Michael Kors, and more. Give the gift of sparkle with 60% off diamond bracelets, pendants, and rings, and 50 to 60% off designer suits and blazers. Plus, everyone gets $10 Macy's money for every $50 spent. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. See Macy's.com slash Macy's money for details. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday. We're live at In Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago along with Miss Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. And join us right now to continue our Bulls discussion and, of course, go around the rest of the NBA. We have good friend of the show from NBC Sports Chicago, Mr. Rob Schaefer. Sir, welcome back to our program. How are you? I'm great. It's always a pleasure being on. Uh, really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, the Bulls. Bulls are going through it right now, but uh, but no complaints for me. Yeah, this is the first time we have you on since we've gone live now. So you you know this as well as I do live live TV, uh, live you know live radio, anything goes. So oh, yeah. this is not pre-recorded anymore. So we just had to take take it in stride. Uh, speaking of taking it in stride, as you, as you mentioned, uh, in any season you know teams will go through obstacles and go through adversity. The Bulls are going through it right now with five players currently. Uh, on COVID protocol, Alex Caruso may be returning to tomorrow night's game uh, against the Heat. What's the latest that you have uh, regarding the Bulls' situation with dealing with COVID? Yeah, so on the COVID front, they've got five players in protocols. They all went in over the span of last Wednesday through yesterday on Thursday. So it's you know it's a, it's a bit of an outbreak. It's a bit of kind of a snow snowball effect where guys um, have been getting affected seemingly every day. Uh, it started with Kobe White and Javante Green last week. DeMar DeRozan obviously goes in on Monday. That's a huge, huge loss. Um, and then you had Matt Thomas and Derek Jones Jr. Uh, Jones Jr., who's been a, a key rotation player, and Thomas, who kind of had to step in as other people were absent. Um, they went in uh, on Wednesday and Thursday, respectively. And then, you know, as you mentioned, Sydney, on top of that, uh, Alex Caruso dealing with this hamstring issue that he's been that he's been kind of battling since uh, the Knicks game last week. He 
tried it out in one game against the Nets. They pulled him, didn't like how he was moving. He had had a reevaluation date set for that hamstring um, for early next week. Uh, but Billy Donovan said in, in Cleveland that he had been progressing well. They were going to ramp him up over the next couple of days of practice in what you know limited practice the Bulls are able to do, obviously traveling and dealing with all this COVID stuff. And that, um, you know, he wasn't, uh, he, he hadn't been officially ruled out against Miami yet. Now, did Billy sound optimistic he was going to come back? Not necessarily. I, I wouldn't say that it's something that should be expected, but the door is open in a way that it didn't seem like it would be at the beginning of the week. So the Bulls practice today. Um, we'll see how guys fare uh, tomorrow throughout game day. I'm sure they'll want to try him out and warm him up. And uh, if I had to guess, I'd guess he'd be kind of a game time decision uh, for tomorrow mm-hmm. if he is going to play. Um, so we will see on that, but between that, the COVID stuff, Patrick Williams has obviously been out for a while. Uh, the rotation is just so, so strained outside of Zach Lonzo and Vooch, um, that, you know, to the extent that the bulls have had to sign a couple 10 day contracts over the last few days, just to kind of, you know, have warm bodies to throw in there. Uh, so that's, that's the latest. I mean, with this COVID stuff, it's kind of hard to say, like, who knows, maybe right. more stuff comes out and more people have to enter protocol and this becomes an even more dire situation. But um, as of right now, that's that's where the team is at. Yeah, it's not just the Bulls either. They're having this issue. If we have time, we'll, we'll talk about that. But, you know, just besides besides the COVID, you know, you know, outbreak, you know, which you, you can't you, we can't control that. But what has impressed you so far about this Bulls team? The fact that they were able to beat Denver pretty handily, shorthanded, the fact that they've been able to do this, you know, they beat the Nets, they you know, also with, you know, without their, you know, their team being at full strength, what's impressed you the most so far about this team? At, at full strength, I think what's been impressive is that management, no matter what you thought of the offseason changes that they made at the time, and a lot of people were critical of, of a couple of them, including DeMar, the DeMar DeRozan sign and trade, no matter what you thought of those moves in the moment, all of them had an underlying intention behind them to address weaknesses from this team from last season. And what's impressed me this season is how quickly a lot of those issues have kind of flipped on their head. You know, this this was one of the uh, highest turnover teams in the NBA last year. Uh, they've been turning the ball over a lot less this year. They've been getting to the free throw line a lot more after being last in the NBA in that category last season. Uh, think of how many games the Bulls kind of choked away in the fourth quarter um, last season. Now they're one of the best fourth quarter teams in the league, and they've got a guy in DeMar DeRozan who, as a closer, you know, he's leading the NBA in like, or at least when he went out, was leading the NBA in just about every fourth quarter scoring category you could imagine. Um, and it's just been phenomenal, like a really stabilizing presence for a team that has a guy who's capable in those situations in Zach Levine, but now to have two guys like that and have a guy who's as battle-tested as DeRozan is, uh, you can really see the impact of that. So when they're at full strength, I think all that stuff has been impressive. Um, defensively, a lot of people question them, but they've really established a style of play on that side of the floor, pretty versatile. They play small, but they get a lot of steals. They get out in, on the fast break. That fuels a lot of their offense. Um, obviously, Caruso and Lonzo Ball have been a huge part of that. So that's been impressive. And then, Lakina, to your point on the um, on on the resilience that they showed against Denver, I think they've had a lot a lot of quality wins like that where the odds have been stacked against them, and they've kind of pushed the tide back and you know been impressively resilient. At the same time, I think that adds to Billy Donovan's, you know, frustration and not wanting to make excuses after they get wiped off the floor by Cleveland on Wednesday, as shorthanded as this team is. And honestly, this is a little bit refreshing about this group, even though they're not going to win every game. As shorthanded as this team is, they still aren't a group because of the ceiling that they've shown. They're not a group that's willing to make excuses when they do have a game that a lot of people, and maybe rightfully so, would be willing to make excuses for, like that Cleveland game. They were disappointed with the way they played. 
they and Billy even said what we showed against Denver shows me that I should expect more of this group than what we saw against the Cavs. So even that in and of itself is a change from the rebuilding years when, you know, you know, excuses can fly at anywhere. And, oh, it's a young team. It's a developing team. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, who knows what we'll be able to accomplish. This group is very serious minded and they've shown the ceiling of an Eastern conference contender. um, And really on both ends of the the floor have been really impressive, um, especially in their versatility in a way that they haven't been in years past. Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago, who covers the Chicago Bulls, is joining us live here in live in live on Sports Zone Chicago. Mm-hmm. Say Lakina here with you, real live and in living color. If you have a question for Rob, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your question or comment. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Rob, let's go. You mentioned head coach Billy Donovan, and that, that was going to be my next question for you. Um, me and Lakina talked about this on our last couple of episodes, including last week when they uh, swept the New York City series as we called it being the nets and beating uh the knicks last thursday mm-hmm. billy donovan has set the tone we talked about this a little bit last year too when we had you on uh he set the tone especially defensively he didn't have the roster like he does uh this year obviously but i like the the tone that he set for this team yes offense comes and goes whoever's in there are expected to do their part but defensively if you're not doing your job you're coming off the floor, and I love that. Talk to us about uh, the the impact that head coach Billy Donovan has made on its on this team, especially defensively, because I love it personally. Yeah, off and offensively, they have improved relative to, to the rest <laughs> of the league, and obviously have a ton of scoring talent. So they're always gonna you know have a pretty high floor on that end of the floor. But I think Billy's on the court most you know uh, impactful uh, kind of impact on this team this year has been defensively. You see why he's coached more seasons than not in the NBA top 10 defenses. Obviously in Oklahoma city, he had pretty good personnel. Um, Mm -hmm. when you talk about guys like Kevin Durant, you know, he had Steven Adams in the front court there. He had Serge Ibaka was a pretty great Mm -hmm. shot blocker in his prime. Like he had good, you know, Andre Robertson, you know, he had good personnel there, but it was also at the same time, kind of ever changing personnel. So the fact that they were consistently, uh, you know, a top of the top tier of the league defensive team while he was there every season should tell you something about just his ability to coach defense at the NBA level. Um, the Bulls last year, as much as they struggled at the point of attack and had moments where things looked uh, pretty poor, especially in pick and roll coverage, still finished 12th in defensive rating. This year, they've gone, they've climbed even farther. I actually don't know what they are as of today, but have been floating between you know five to ten, but mostly mm-hmm. in that kind of five to six range for most of the season. Uh, and for him to have elicited the buy-in that he has uh, out of this group, um, obviously, you know. Ball and Caruso, as we were talking about, have had a huge, huge impact. But even to just build a uh, a really strong defensive unit around two guards, two perimeter players, I think is a pretty impressive thing that, you know, it just isn't seen as much in the NBA anymore. Most of the great defenses you think of are built around kind of these all-encompassing, rim-protecting big men, your Rudy Gobert's, your Joel Embiid's, things like that. Um, so, Billy, the, the thing that he's done, he came in with a pretty cohesive game plan from the start of the season, which was, you know, we're going to switch a lot. We're going to be very aggressive. We're going to try to generate steals deflections getting passing and driving lanes he knew he had the personnel to do that um so that has borne out uh he's gotten the team to really buy into competing hard on the defensive end every night which in the nba over the course of an 82 regular 82 game regular season um honestly gives you an advantage over a lot of teams if you're just willing to you know be giving 100 percent uh every night almost no matter what um so he's certainly uh drawn that out of this group and yeah just the kind of the the uh the tone that he set really even since last year when the results weren't as good with giving constructive criticism, challenging players, but doing it in a respectful way. Uh, He always gets talked about as a great communicator. 
Um, so I think, you know, there were, I think there was, there was reason maybe to be a little bit critical of, of Billy last season when the results didn't live up to, to the trade and, you know, they missed the play in and everything like that. But this season, I think he's proven to be the perfect guiding hand for this team, not to mention all the stuff he's had to deal with, with, with this COVID stuff, remaking yep. his rotations on the fly, seemingly every game. Um, it's been a pretty good coaching performance from him this season. And I think it's justifiable. Like, I don't know when we get to the point of talking about coach of the year candidacy, you know, over the course of an NBA season, but he'll be one of the top candidates for that award uh, when that conversation does start. Absolutely. Um, so let's talk about it multiple times. I've seen other, you know, Bulls Twitter talk about it, you know, the interior defense of the Bulls. You can probably say is their one glaring weakness. Are there names, you know, being flowed around that could perhaps maybe kind of help out in that? You know, they're not going to get Rudy Gobert, obviously, but yeah. you know, are there, what, what other, you know, unfortunately, you know, Boogie Cousins, unfortunately, he's now in Milwaukee. So that there goes my dream of him becoming a Bull. But what, what other names that do you, you think that are like the Bulls are looking at? Yeah, so it's it's interesting, right? Like, I think the popular names on the trade market right now are like, take the two Indiana guys that are out there right now, which has been reported by the athletic is like, they're actually, you know, listening to calls for them. So that's a, a legitimate two guys to think about. I just wonder with, and I'm obviously talking about DeMonta Sabonis and Miles Turner. Both of those guys are terrific players um, that have improved year over year. Sabonis is a two-time all-star. Turner is one of the best rim protectors in the league. Where I struggle with the Bulls fit is one, you know, they're both, to me at least, they're both at their best when they're playing the five. The Bulls have a five in Nikola Vucevic, who, um, you know, by all accounts is going to be around uh, for for a while and is a big part of how this team is constructed. So I just wonder about that fit, bringing in players of that caliber, and I just don't know if they fit next to Vuce. Um, in addition to that, you know, just with the caliber of players that those are, the Bulls basically from an asset perspective or, you know, who are they throwing around in the trade? You know, a Kobe White, a Troy Brown Jr., a Derek Jones Jr., uh, you know, like the, these are players that have potential and in the eye of the right team, um, you know, are possibly intriguing. But with that and, you know, the Portland first round pick that they own that's lottery protected, it's not like the deepest trove of assets to be able to hand out in a trade. So I'm not even sure that they have enough to get a guy like a Sabonis or, or Turner. So I, I address those guys because they're kind of the popular names out there right now. For me, and this is something that's still uh, a couple months maybe away, my eyes will be really fixated on the buyout market for this team because they are a team that is contending right now. They're near the top of the conference. Those are the types of teams that are usually the most attractive to kind of veteran guys that maybe weren't able to be traded at the deadline um, that get bought out. Um, this is purely speculative. Like it's not based on any information, but one uh, name that I have looked at just because he's on a team that's underperforming in Sacramento. Um, if he were to get bought out at some point, I think he'd be a pretty good fit, you know, to come off the bench and provide some depth for this Bulls team is Tristan Thompson. Um, that's a name that I've said and have just kind of, again, it's not based on anything, but it's just my own opinion that he would be a great fit. And it's logical to think, okay, maybe if this Kings thing really implodes, he could be a guy that gets uh, bought out and it's just kind of floating out there. I mean, his rebounding, um, even defensively, I know he's getting up there in age a little bit, but he's always been a guy that can, um, you know, do a couple different things uh, defensively, be be versatile for a five-man. So uh, there's a name that I've thought about uh, that seems realistic. Um, really, you know, the trade market, because the deadline is still so far away, I think there's still a lot of different twists and turns. Like who's, who's available right now aren't the only people um, that are going to end up being out there. So with the Bulls, with the assets that they have, I think being patient is the right approach. Um, but yeah, I think if they could swing a trade for an above average power forward and then bring in on a buyout, you know, like you're talking about, like a, like a boogie cousins level, like a Tristan Thompson level, like backup big to help on the glass and maybe defend the paint a little bit. Um, now you're looking at a team that 
you know, is not just a contender, but maybe at the forefront of contention, given what they've been able to accomplish already this season, even with the flaws that they have. Rob Shaver from NBC Sports Chicago, who covers the Bulls for that great uh, company, is joining us here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Rob, let's talk about Bulls rookie from Morgan Park, Chicago's very own Io DeSumo, of course. Uh, he's uh, he's played in almost in every game this year. He's been a star of these last few games due to various injuries and protocols. Uh, of course, he's averaging six points a game uh, under uh, shade under 18 minutes a game. Talk about his impact on this Bulls team. Me personally, I, I said this before the season started that uh, with Kobe White before he got back into the uh, uh, COVID protocols, mm-hmm. uh, the any playing time through the first couple of months of the year, I thought they was going to serve this young man uh, uh, going forward uh, for, for this season and perhaps uh, on the stretch run on, on the drive towards the playoffs. Talk about Io's impact on this team so far. Yeah, and you mentioned his uh, you know averaging six points a game, and he's been shooting the ball probably a little bit better than a lot of people uh, expected, but mm-hmm. The stats don't even tell the whole story with Io, man, because he's just from day one, even when he wasn't really in the rotation in the minutes that he would get his energy defensively and the way that he just kind of has this uh, like poise on the court that you just wouldn't necessarily expect from a rookie. It was always impressive, you know, in the preseason um, to the beginning of the regular season when he wasn't quite in the rotation, mm-hmm. no matter like really from the beginning, Billy specifically, and I talk a lot about, you know, Billy and Io being kind of this match made in heaven coach and player because Billy just seems to really love coaching him. Billy has talked a lot from the beginning about how he's a guy who can receive and uh, improve based on constructive criticism. I think that's a big quality for a young player to have. Um, he's a guy that obviously, you know, from a you know competitiveness perspective, plays hard uh, on the defensive end, gets through screens, like guards above his size. Um, gets deflections, gets steals. He's a really, really good transition player already just because of his speed and his finishing ability. Um, so he's been useful in that respect. And he's really just improved like so much in these, what, three, four months since Summer mm-hmm. League. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, look at his first NBA start, that Denver game. He played 42 minutes, which is uh, on its own pretty unbelievable. Um, had eight assists, and I thought his offensive decision-making, like his ability to find guys – um, was much improved from where it was at the beginning of the season. His finishing ability, I think you could say the same thing about it. Um, he gets up for these big games. Um, like He played really, really well in the second Nets win. His season-high scoring total was in the first Nets win. He had 15 points at that game at the United Center. Hits big shots. Um, just really, you know, it's a cliche to say, but he just really does feel like he's affecting winning plays and winning basketball every time he's on the floor. And for the Bulls to have found him at 38th, uh, I mean, you couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, when you talk about second round picks and obviously at this point we can pretty safely say he should have never been a second round pick in the first place. But mm-hmm. in the moment when you are making second round picks, I think the perception is a lot of these guys are kind of crap shoots. And eh, if you can get a guy that's 10 to 15 minutes, like solid a game and is a decent rotation player, that's a pretty positive outcome for a second round pick. But Io has kind of already been more than that in a lot of ways. And obviously at 21 years old, and if this is where he is already, you know, there's a lot of potential moving forward too. So um, he's been a great pickup. Um, I don't, you know, it, it was questionable what his role was going to look like coming into the season because the Bulls' backcourt is so deep. But he was breaking into the rotation even when they were fully healthy. Um, now he's obviously been a key factor uh, with all the guys out. But even when the team is fully healthy again, I mean, I don't see how you can't run this kid out there for 20 minutes a night. He's just he just brings too much. He just brings too much when he's out there um, to not. And I think that's a big testament for him that he's improved this much uh, this early in his NBA career. Absolutely. Now let's talk about the NBA as, as a whole, Rob. Now, what, who's impressed you so far, whether it's team or 
uh, you know, well, you can't say Steph because you know that you you can't say that. So we all. <laughs> I've, I've got I've got one off the beaten path. I've got one off the beaten path, and it'll okay, tie into the Bulls a little bit. Go this on, Cavs team, this Cavs yeah. team has really defied yeah. my expectations. I think the expectations of a lot of people. The fact that they're you know a seven to eight seed, like potentially look like they could even be outside of the play in. Um, I mean, Mobley was just one of the best players on the floor in the Bulls game. Uh, obviously, he gets talked about as a generational defensive player. You can see that mm-hmm. already offensively uh, he's pretty fluid and impressive Jared Allen playing like an all-star Darius Garland making a leap in his third year um so that, I, I think they're a really cool story they're they're a frisky fun young team um who knows where it goes from here or how the rest of the season plays out for them uh but it is always cool to see those fun young teams uh make a little bit of a jump uh you know I know that I know that there's the baked in thing for the Bulls that they were very shorthanded but you know, I think you got to give Cleveland credit too because they are clearly a good team, a very, very, very good defensive team um, that's been beating you know a lot of quality opponents uh, so far this season. So they they have really impressed me in the division of the you know outside of the Suns going on however long of a winning streak they went on and Steph being the runaway MVP. Like there's a lot of you know fun story. The Bucks are, are making their charge back after they dealt with a lot of injuries at the beginning of the season. Um, but you know, off the beaten path a little bit, I think. Cleveland, I've always I've kind of looked at them from afar from a lot of the season and watched a couple games and seen the record and been like, man, that's that's pretty impressive compared to where expectations were. And then seeing them live on Wednesday, um, it really confirmed a lot of that because again, as much as the Bulls were depleted, they really took it to them in a lot of respects. And they they looked like a, a you know, not necessarily a contending team, but a but a pretty, pretty darn solid young team. Um, that who knows where they go from here. They're certainly off to you know, for the first time this century it, with uh, without LeBron in a Cavs uniform, they at least have some interesting pieces there, and it looks like they could head uh, in a positive direction. So shout out to them for that. couple more minutes with our good friend Rob Schaefer from NBC Sports Chicago. He covers the Bulls for that great media company right here on Second City Sports Live and in Living Color. Sid Lakina here with you. Rob, let's go back to DeMar DeRozan. Of course, he's under uh, COVID protocols, but mm-hmm. I was listening to a national podcast. I think it's uh, over a month old now, and uh, and, and, and this program, the, the host of this program, uh, brought up the fact that, that DeRozan could be a dark horse candidate for early season MVP. Of course, yeah, Steph is the number, clearly the number one candidate. Now, Bulls fans, not all, but some Bulls fans who just watch Bulls basketball will say DeMar DeRosa should be number two. Me personally, I think he's a, a number three candidate for MVP. Sure. Where do you uh, place uh, DeMar as far as early season candidate for MVP? Well, this is actually interesting because today, um, and I want to shout out uh, Tim Bontemps over at ESPN. He does something a couple times a year where he will poll media members. He'll try to kind of like recreate as close to what an MVP end of season poll in terms of the voting body would look like. And he kind of polls them at different points throughout the year to see who, you know, who people think the MVP is at different points in the year. That poll, which just came out today and people should go check it out on ESPN.com, had DeMar DeRozan sixth, which I think is fair. I mean, again, like you said, Bulls fans are going to have a, uh, you know, mm-hmm. who watch them night in and night out and see the impact he's had of this team are going to have a certain opinion of him. But the guys in front mm-hmm. of him, obviously Steph is the runaway favorite. KD mm-hmm. right up there too. I don't think there's any way you could argue with those two at the top. And then kind of in that mid-tier where I think DeRozan falls in like the three to six range, you have Giannis who the Bucks are coming on and he's doing all the Giannis stuff that he normally does on both ends of the floor. Jokic mm-hmm. who's having another historic season, um, especially on the offensive end of the floor. And Chris Paul, who's been the best player and, you know, is averaging 15 and 10. Like, it's not as if his numbers are anything to, uh, to scoff at. 
Um, and having, uh, you know, him and DeRozan, I think in terms of like veteran impact that you can quantify on and off the court are uh, a little bit similar, except, you know, Chris Paul's obviously on a Suns team that is even in a higher tier of contention than the Bulls are. So I, I see DeRozan in that kind of, you know, three to six range with, with that group of guys. Um, obviously he's going to have to come back from COVID and kind of, uh, we'll see how that looks. I mean, I, I don't know much about the nature of like DeRozan's protocol entry or anything like that, but. Um, I know a lot of guys who have had to come back from protocol. Sometimes guys hit the ground running. Sometimes there's a little bit of a curve coming back. So we'll see how his the rest of his season looks. Uh, but to me, he's certainly been the Bulls MVP. I think he's right up there uh, on the fringe of kind of that three to five range uh, around the league. And uh, man, like think about that compared to um, you know what the expectations for this team from a lot of uh, from a lot of people were coming into the offseason. He's been uh, just everything the Bulls could have asked for. Uh, and more. So for him to be in that conversation already, uh, very, very impressive. And to me, pretty, pretty deserved when you look at his scoring being top five in the league, obviously fourth quarter scoring, he's first, he's getting to the foul line. I think at a rate that is second in the NBA. Um, he's just been really phenomenal in a lot of different respects. And no one liked the signing either. Remember all the national pundits were saying it was the worst <laughs> signing in the, uh, the NBA free agency, but you know, let that's another, that's another discussion for another time. Last question for me, Rob. What do you think the ceiling is for the Bulls? They're they're right there, the number two seed right now as of yeah. uh, December tenth. We're recording this. What do you think is the, Can they stay right there? Can they compete with the, the Nets and the Bucks for the number one seed? Are they kind of like you know in the middle of the pack? What, what what's the ceiling for the Bulls? You think? Yeah, I think regular season and playoffs are different. Right now, I think this is a team that could very well host a first round playoff series and be you know a top three or four seed in the East regular season wise. Playoff-wise, I think what's going to be interesting is seeing how the matchups break out because mm -hmm. this is a team where, you know, they've beaten the Nets twice and both have been pretty impressive wins. I'd like to see them just with how small they play. I'd like to see them against a team like the Bucks. Obviously, they've lost to the Sixers twice this year. That's another team that I think poses a difficult matchup for them. So it's hard for me to, to gauge their playoff ceiling without knowing kind of what types of matchups they would have to go through in the postseason. But, you know, in a vacuum, I think this is a team that is, you know, one of the better three or four teams in the East in terms of contending to make it out of the East. And that being said, you know, with the trade conversation we were having earlier, I don't think there's any guarantee that this is even what the team looks like at the end of the regular season. Like this, this, this front office has been so aggressive in making talent upgrades to this team. And they were doing that before the Bulls had really shown that they were a team worth doing that for. Like they were doing that when this team had missed the play in and even dating back to the trade deadline last year when they were kind of a couple games under 500. Now that this team has shown a ceiling of being one of the top teams in the East and is 17 to nine, um, you know, you can only imagine how uh, aggressively they're working the lines and, and probably trying to, to make whatever types of improvements with the assets that they have that they can make. So um, I'll, I'll put that as a top three or four team in the East as my answer for now. But I reserve my right to, uh, to to change that if there are improvements made because it wouldn't surprise me at all if this um, if the front office at some point uh, makes a move, no matter how big or how small, that's going to you know address another one of these these kind of weaknesses that have popped up uh, for this team. So we'll see how that goes over the course of the season. Last question from me, Rob. Uh, Nikolai Vucevic, as you brought up the trade deadline from last year, of course he was the a key player that uh, AK and Mark Eversley acquired. Uh, last year from Orlando, of course, he started off the season slow, caught fire, caught a COVID. Now it looks like now that he's back, he had two monster games in mm -hmm. a row. I know he had a double double the other night in that blowout loss against Cleveland. Do you think that Vucevic is finally has turned the corner and, and, and he can show that all star type talent? 
Yeah, it looked that way in New York uh, for sure. And that, but you know, even with the double double against Cleveland, eight to twenty three shooting, one to seven from three. And after the game, I mean, he was he was frustrated just at you know, I think he was three of thirteen in the first half of that game from the field, and he was frustrated at some of the misses that he was having on really open looks that guys were finding him for. And uh, you know, he was frustrated with himself just for you know not making those shots. And uh, you know, the the game kind of slips away from the Bulls from there. So. I think it's certainly a good sign that he's had a couple dominant games since he's been back from COVID, but now it's kind of gone from a full out slump to maybe it's just kind of inconsistent from Vooch. Maybe that's the word for it. It's up and down. Mm -hmm. And especially with DeRozan out as much as, you know, 18 and 12 is great and his screen setting. And I think his defense has been better than a lot of people expected to be this year. His passing is pretty important for this team. He does a lot of subtle things like that, that positively impact this group. But for this team to reach its ceiling, and I think we saw kind of what the ceiling could look like in New York in those Knicks and Nets wins, mm-hmm. for this team for this team to reach its you know peak ceiling, he needs to really come along as a scorer and get back to the efficiency that he's had um, at earlier parts of his career, especially when he's an all-star. Vooch uh, even said that's something that he has taken pride in throughout his career, and it just hasn't been there this year. Um, even with those two monster games, I think he's at 41% shooting and 34 from three this year, which is just below the standard that he's, that he's set for himself. So... Moving forward, I think the, the efficiency really, really needs to come up on a consistent basis, um, obviously for this team to reach its ceiling in the long term, but especially, especially in the short term, if they're without DeMar DeRozan for another couple games, you know, you just, you, to not have that surefire secondary scoring option next to Zach Levine um, could really hurt this team. So, you know, we'll see how Vooch is able to bounce back uh, against Miami tomorrow. He's a vet. He's been around forever. And like I said, he's established a, a standard of play over the last few years. So, I still think there's reason for confidence that he'll figure it out. But um, at this point, I think inconsistent is the right word for it. And he's got to find a way to, uh, to iron it out. All right. That was Rob Schaefer, who covers the Bulls for NBC Sports Chicago. You can follow him on Twitter at Rob underscore Schaefer. That's once again, Rob underscore Schaefer. You can download, don't forget to download the My Teams app and search for NBC Sports Chicago. You can read his articles there. Mr. Schaefer, thank you very much for joining us once again on the program today. Uh, thanks for making your debut. This is our live show now. As you know, anything goes, and uh, you did a great job, my man. So keep up the great work. We'll have you on again throughout the season. Thanks, right. Rob. Thanks, guys. Always a pleasure. Happy All right, take care. And stay safe. You too. Once again, that was Rob Schaefer for NBC Sports Chicago. He covers the Chicago Bulls. He does a great job. As I mentioned before, download that My Teams app. You can uh, read his articles there. Our number one in the books, our number two straight ahead. More sports and more fun as Second City Sports continues with our Bears and Packers preview and our NFL Week 14 NFL picks with Christine Manica and a whole lot more. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Kane sets up the slot, sets Jones, put up inside, and they score! Jonathan Taves with his first goal of the season, standing right behind the Canadian crease and redirecting that shot off of Seth Jones' stick. It's a power play goal and the first goal this season for the captain. The action on the Blackhawks radio network, 2-0 the final over the Canadians last night. 30 saves in net from Marc-Andre Fleury as the Hawks improved to 10-14-2. The Hawks with wins in two of three back to work tomorrow night at Toronto, back home on Monday night against the Flames. Justin Fields on target to start this Sunday night as the Bears take on the Packers. Green Bay a perfect 5-0 at home. The Packers 9-3 this season. The Bears are 4-8.
For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Shop styles up to 70% off at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Don't forget to combine it with your Gap Cash. Save more through December 9th at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. It takes two vaccines to help protect you this season. The flu and COVID-19. And now you can get both shots at the same visit. Learn more at cdc.gov slash vaccines. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N dot com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Welcome back to hour number two of the Hashtag Football Friday. We are live in living color right here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I ain't Cindy Brown. That is me, folks. <laughs> you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Excuse me. <laughs> Easy for you to say. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on the Twitter and at Keenan Score McGee on the IG. Make sure you download the Sports Zone Chicago app. You can catch any of our live shows, including this one, Second City Sports. If you miss it, you can go back to listen to them at your own leisure. Follow Sports Zone Chicago on all social media platforms and follow War Media once again at all social media platforms. Forms. There's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you have a question or comment for us, you can go to Sports on Chicago on Facebook or Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to do something silly, stupid, or dumb, Lakina will give you the city of Glendale, Arizona treatment and give you the boot. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love saying that. Speaking of giving giving folks the boot, the Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers will get it on once again on prime time. I know, I know. McKenna's giving that groan. <laughs> the 4-8 Bears will travel to Green Bay to take on the 93 Packers. That's this Sunday night at 7.20 p.m. on NBC Central Standard Time. Lakina, I wish Snoop Dogg was doing this game. Uh, no, no disrespect to Chris Collins or Al Michaels, but I wish Snoop Dogg was uh, doing this, uh, doing this game. <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to be potentially a mess, like it was a year ago. If you go back in history, 2014, remember that when Mark Tressman mm-hmm. uh, got the heads blown off, 55 to I believe it was 22 or yes, something like that, and Chris Collinsworth like commented at the end of the game. I felt sorry for Mark Tressman, and it turned out that, oh, that was a dumb comment. But regardless of the fact, let's go back to today. Now, Green Bay is playing well right now. They're battling Arizona for the top seed in the NFC playoffs. Remember, folks, it's only uh, the top seed is going to get a first-round bye, not the top two anymore with that extra team uh, in the playoffs. Lakina, take a look at the numbers for uh, both these teams coming into Sunday night's game. Uh, let's go with the uh, team rankings on offense. The Bears are third worst in the NFL in total offense, while the Packers rank 16th. In total defense, the Bears are eighth, while the Packers are sixth. The Packers defense has been playing well, especially over this last month or so. In passing, the Bears are ranked dead last. The Packers ranked at at 10th. 
and in rushing, the Bears are number nine, and the uh, the Packers at are checking it at number twenty-one. Lakina is going to come down to can you put pressure on Aaron Rodgers, not commit any dumb penalties, get some turnovers, and on the offensive side for the Bears, can you take a page out of the New England playbook and run the damn ball <laughs> thirty-five plus times? Do you think that this team are are combinated of doing that? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we're going to keep this preview short because I, I really don't want to talk about this game. And, and but we have I, to. <laughs> I, well, I, I know we have to, but you know, we're going to keep it short, <laughs> ten to fifteen right. minutes at most. But you know, I've I, I seen the guys on like, Get Up talk and try to talk about this. You know, do the whole comment in the first meeting, like yo, the Bears. You know, as of course Aaron Rodgers saying, you know, the Bears. I own you. I guess they needed something to talk about because the game's probably going to end up sucking anyway. But yeah. look, here's the thing for me. For for me, I think look, this is the thing. The key, yo, can they run the ball? I mean. You know, they, they did actually mm-hmm. did pretty well stopping the run the Packers have, you know, in you know, in their first meeting, I believe. I don't but I, I think that was one of the first games that um David Montgomery didn't play. So <laughs> it, it, it's one of those things where I guess they were able to you know, stop the run and and then look, I'm I'm kinda of at that point where they're gonna have some of their guys back. David Bakhtari, who was on IR, he might be back. Jair Alexander could be back. Zarius Smith probably not probably not Zarius Smith. I mean, he's probably gonna be mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably gonna be another week before he can come back, but they're getting the health that Packers are. Look, as for the Bears, it looks like you know Justin Fields will end up will, will start. I mean, he had a hundred, he threw for 174 yards and a touchdown, threw an interception though in their first in the uh, first meeting with the Packers. You know, it was kind of a slow start if you guys remember. You know, the Bears, mm-hmm. you know, kept the ball moving in the first quarter. You know, although the, the Packers kind of woke up, I guess, and you know, kind of kicked it into gear. So I, I'm not gonna sit here and say it's gonna be a blowout, but. uh I apologize to you know NBC and to the rest of the nation because they got to endure the Bears for the next two weeks. So I can <laughs> you know I can only give I can only give you so much you know depth with that. But I mean, look, yeah, can the Bears win the game? Of course they can. I mean, we, we've seen it. You know, they got someone said they had a three percent chance. I mean, hey, three percent is better than zero. So hey, you know that's that's fine. <laughs> but look, but I think look for me, I think look, if you give it to David Montgomery, you know, let him run the ball, keep. Aaron Rodgers and them off the field, but you can probably do that. You can probably keep yourself in the game. And you, we saw what happened in the Cardinals game. I mean, that Cardinals game probably could have been completely one-sided had not been for David Montgomery kind of keeping the ball moving. But look, the Packers mm-hmm. still have a lot to play for. I mean, they're nine and three. You know, there's they're right behind Arizona for the uh number one seed in the NFC. So they still got a lot to play for. So they're not they're gonna be ready. And you know, and Matt LaFleur, I believe, is like eight, like nine and like three or something like that. And in the month of December, so he knows how to play in December. And remember, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is also twenty-two and five against the Bears. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm just like, you know what? He does own you. So sorry, he does. But you know. <laughs> and speaking of Packers head coach Matt Lafleur, did you check out his comments from yesterday? He said that this game is uh, we they are treating it as another bye week. If that doesn't tell you anything, I don't know what does. I didn't get angry at it personally, but <laughs> where's the, well, if where's you're the, the Bears, if you need that to psych you up. So be it, but the 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 truth's been ugly in your face all season long. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, I mean, okay. Well, where where's the lie? Well, where the, that's the rest of us real? Life. I mean, Detroit even kind of covered it in the Thanksgiving Day game with Detroit. Okay, and if you need look, if you need that to motivate you, okay, fine, whatever. But you know, where where's the lie in what he said? But I feel like I'm sure he'll have his guys. Where I'm sure Aaron will have you know, A Rod will have. Have his guys ready. They're not. They're not going to kind of like you know be lackadaisical about it. I think they they know they still got a lot to play for. They got a they got a, a not a tough schedule, but they've got they know they got to treat every game like you know because they still they're trying to get that one seed. So they're not going to treat this with kid gloves. So I, I think 
you know, they'll, they'll, they're not going to, you know, just drag along. So I think that they'll be ready for this game. And, and look, I mean, you know, can Justin Fields, I mean, it's going to be very cold at, at Lambeau. Mm-hmm. So we got that that's going to be a, an, you know, an issue too. I mean, how will he look with, you know, cracked ribs, you know, come back from cracked ribs. I mean, that that's, that's a tough injury to come back from. Yeah. You know, the defense, I mean, you know, yeah, you know, the on Smith can only do so much. I mean, you know, Max done for the year. Hicks has been banged up. You know, the, that O-line for the Bears, I mean, that they look, I mean, people forget that that defense for, for Green Bay is actually pretty solid. So yeah, to, to say that, you know, maybe they may they may treat what you call like a rag doll. I mean, I, I don't know. But, you know, you're in front of a national television audience. They're not going to want, you know, the Packers are not going to want to make fools of themselves. But, you know, look at that, that look at that. That comment that Matt LaFour made, you know, they give you motivation, whatever, but, you know, it's not going to really make much difference. I'll, I'll say this uh, as we wrap up our Bears Packers preview portion of the segment. Uh, going back to the uh, the first meeting of the season, Lakina, uh, we gave the Bears credit. They were in it until Aaron Rodgers scored that um, touchdown, a uh, rushing touchdown that basically put that game away. The Bears had a good game plan. As I mentioned, Dave, David Montgomery m- missed that first game due to an injury. Khalil Herbert, along with the Bears offensive line, did a heck of a job keeping Aaron Rodgers on the field and they Green Bay defense honest. But uh, Justin Fields, uh, he was starting to get his feet wet and he didn't ha- have it together. But the Bears were still in the game because of their defense and running the football. Uh, the question is, can they follow the same game plan? I'm not sure, but they're going to have to um, come pretty damn close to it in order to pull off an upset. That's, this is why you play the games, but I'm with you, Lakeen. I'm more pessimistic than anything going into Sunday night. As we said before, I'm looking for performances from um, individual players as the Bears wrap up this 2021 season because this is not a playoff team. They're not going to the playoffs, and it's all about next year and perhaps a new coaching staff uh, that's going to come in here at Hallis Hall. Yeah, I mean they're they're four and eight. They're not in the hunt. I know some people want to say, well, the Bears are still in it. You know, mathematically, okay, you must be bad at math because that that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> but you know, like I said before, I mean, look, this is sort of the, the good you know finish at the contracts, finish at their contracts. You know, they're going to have more money you know to spend next year. Allen Robinson, I'm sure he's going to want to you know, I'm sure he's going to make a go at it. I'm sure he's going to want to you know show himself off to you know his next teams. So I'm sure he's going to try he's going to try and play. Sunday night, I'm sure, but you know, it's not really gonna really make much much difference. I mean, look, like I said, before, check with his agent on Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's exactly. I know he's made some pretty interesting comments, but yeah, I mean, look, you know, for for me, that this this you know, look, can the Bears keep it close? Sure, can they win? I mean, oh yeah, of course. I mean, we've seen weird things happen in the NFL this last month, so you know, anything can happen. But again, it's all about the execution and. You know, you got the, the Packers coming off a bye, and I think they know that. Look, there's still, of course, this is a rivalry game. Of course, they're gonna, the Bears are gonna, you know, get, put their best foot, you know, put their best foot forward, and you know, fight and you know, play at their best. But again, you know, you're the more superior team. Play like it, and I think you know the Packers will, unfortunately. You listen to Second City Sports Live and in Living Color on the hashtag Football Friday edition, along with Lakina McGee. I am Sydney Brown. That was our Bears Packers preview. Lakina, we beat it by a couple of minutes, so we kept it short, precise, and clean. I want to. I have a confession to make as we uh, review last night's uh, uh, Thursday night uh, football contest between the Minnesota Vikings and the Pittsburgh Steelers, or as some of you young folks would say, Stellars. 
but it's Steelers. Read the name, pronounce it correctly. Thank you. <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings keep their playoff hopes alive with a 36-28 victory. Minnesota led this game 29 uh, nothing uh, through three quarters. Pittsburgh made a charge uh, in the fourth quarter. It came up short as uh, uh, Harrison Smith uh, def- uh, uh, knocked down the pass uh, intended for the uh, Steelers tight end uh, at the end there. Lakina. Uh, before I get to my confession, I'll give out uh, the numbers from the winning team. Uh, Kirk Cousins didn't have the greatest game, but he had a decent game with 216 yards, passing two touchdowns and two interceptions. My guy, Justin Jefferson, had a good game with seven catches, 79 yards in the first score of the game. Uh, KJ uh, Osborne had three catches, 83 yards in the score, but Dalvin Cook uh, returned from injury. He missed last week's game against the Detroit Lions. Dalvin Cook came back with 27 carries, 205 yards, and two touchdowns. He looks great, Lakina. And this Minnesota team, we talked about it all year long. They're inconsistent. They're a good team when everything is going well, but when things are not going well, everything hits the fan. But their defense, especially uh, last night with um, Kendrick's uh, Hendricks, uh, Kendricks returning. Kendrick, they said, yeah, Kendricks uh, returning last night. They said Ben Roethlisberger five times. Yeah, and that's what that's what kind of helped them. And look, um, Cook, and despite you know having he was still banged up with that shoulder injury, he finished with two hundred five rushing yards, tied for the third most against the Steelers in NFL history. So that's a big accomplishment, a big accomplishment there. Eric Kendricks, you know, like you said, you know, he had a sack and led the team in tackles. Harrison Smith, you know, also coming back, he also had a sack. He also knocked that fall down from Pat Vermoose, uh hands. You, you wonder, like, okay, where the heck you? Know, you wish you had been there for that, you know, that game against the Lions. Maybe they, you know, the Lions wouldn't have won that game, and they'd be seven and seven instead of six and seven. But you know, I think look, the, the Vikings still have a shot. I mean, they're still right there in the hunt. I mean, they play the Bears next Monday night, so you got to think that that they got a tough schedule. Schedule though, of course, you know, they they have to go against the Rams they, at the Packers, and of course, you know, two of the last four including next Monday night, it will be against the Bears. So they still, they have a shot at the perhaps maybe kind of, you know, finishing up, you know, that maybe perhaps at nine and seven. But if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're Minnesota, you're kicking yourselves because you had a couple of bad losses there. You probably, you probably right there in the playoffs right now. I had those bad losses, including that one against Detroit. Yeah. So the Vikings are checking in at six and seven and the Pittsburgh Steelers are six, six and one on a year. Joining us right now for KXRB. We're going to have her for the entire hour. Our buddy from, <laughs> from Chicago, Christine, AKA the queen Manica. You can follow her at C Manica underscore KXRB on the Twitter. Christine, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? You know, I, I gotta be honest. We're in a storm right now, a snowstorm. So pretty much since my show ended, I've been working from home for the last couple couple of hours. My car isn't what it used to be. Let me tell you to get in ah. the snow. But uh, we're probably gonna get around eight inches of snow here in Sioux Falls. So it's just crazy. And I heard that you know in the Chicago area, you guys are getting like a warm snap. So yeah, lucky. <laughs> Consider yeah. yourself lucky. Yeah. Yes. Uh, speak, Sorry about speaking that. Of, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Minnesota, we were talking about the Vikings, Lakina. Uh, they're going to get some snow too tonight into tomorrow as well. So we're real lucky. So I, yeah. I know we're going to get some snow at some point, probably next month. But Not hopefully, like it's get in here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Hopefully, it doesn't get a storm like yours, Christine. But right. I was watching the Weather Channel this morning. And I said, I said, I'm going to bring it up with Christine. I was like, I saw some snow in Sioux Falls. So I was like, We'll bring that up with her, but you brought it up early, so no, uh, it, there's it's that. Not some snow; it's a lot of snow. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 
um, well, we're getting to the winter season, so everybody uh, be careful out there uh, and just uh, take it easy. Uh, you're listening to Second City Sports Live in Living Color on Hashtag Football Friday right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine are with you. Uh, Christine, I'm glad we brought you in because as uh, I, I, I was bringing up with Lakina reviewing last night's Minnesota win over the Steelers, I have a confession to make, but hopefully it doesn't kill me. I think I brought it up last week. Uh, I'm in the uh, fantasy football playoffs in my league. I made it winning the last game of the year. I'm at four and eight. I had an upset last week. Uh, and this week, if I win this game, I'll be playing in my championship game in my league next week. Ooh. And I had two players. Actually, I was supposed to have I actually had three players involved in last night's game, but I only could play two. I played Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver sure. from – Okay. Uh, from Minnesota, but I started Alexander Matheson, the backup running back, instead of Davin Cook. Now, I was on my way to work, and I heard that Davin Cook was going to play, but I'm a thinking man. Sometimes when you think too much, you I think yourself, I'm guilty of that sometimes, but I didn't think that head coach Mike Zimmer would give Davin Cook the rock, and I didn't think that show was going to hold up, especially with Minnesota coming off a short week, so Yours truly had Delvin Cook on his bench and Justin Jefferson in the game. So I said, I hope me not putting Delvin Cook in my lineup will hurt me. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't come to bite me in the you-know-what. No, I, I don't think so. It was a really good win for Minnesota last night, too. Talk about having Delvin Cook come back at the, at the right time, the opportune mm -hmm. time. I just think, you know, ever since – Big Ben made that announcement, quote unquote, that this was going to be his last season, probably as a Steeler. <laughs> it, they're kind of going on a downward trend at the moment. Will they come back? Maybe, but I don't think, I think their chances in the playoffs are, are looking slimmer and slimmer by the day. That's for sure. Yeah, you know, a couple of those losses, uh, such as that loss against Detroit, you know, last week. I mean, you got to think that that's going to come back to bite them, but, and it yeah. has. Now, again, that was a nice showing by uh, Minnesota. Now, Pittsburgh, I mean, I, I don't know what to think about this Pittsburgh team. I mean, they, they got that they had that tie against Detroit a few weeks back. I mean, can they perhaps maybe make it make a play at the playoffs? I don't yeah. know. But, you know, it's just it's just crazy that, you know, Chase Claypool, I mean, people were making fun of him because, oh, you know, he did that weird first down celebration that took five seconds off. I mean, he still had his shot to look. The team still had a couple of chances to win that game. So I think people need to kind of give, you know, give Claypool a break there, but you know, it, you can tell by uh big Ben, he just was not, he just wasn't very happy. No, <laughs> not at all. No. Uh, Christine, let's get your thoughts as we shift over to uh, college football. Of course, uh, this is your first time being on, after the uh, uh, college football playoff tournament is announced, of course, you have Michigan, Alabama, Georgia, and you have Cincinnati. Uh, 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 what do you think that's going to happen? Uh, I know the uh, the uh, the games are a couple more weeks away, but are you surprised, or this is what, you, or this is what you expected with the four teams getting into the tournament? All I can say is I told you about Alabama. I told you Saban's going to find a way. Like, I I just had a feeling because, you know, there's a reason. I was talking about this with some coworkers uh, this past week. There's a reason why a lot of the kids are going to schools like Alabama, LSU, stuff like that. Not only is it because of the coaches, but then you have the weather aspect involved in it too. But mainly, especially for Alabama, there's nothing outside of the Bama campus. You know what I mean? They're yeah. going there because of Nick Saban, because he brings those wins and he has those championships 
right underneath his big belt. That's for sure. Now, when it comes to schools like Michigan and, and Wisconsin and stuff like that, yeah, those are great schools. They're great schools in that conference, but they're not going to go there because it's cold. It's snowing. Mm -hmm. I don't care how many championships you win. They're just not going to go there because of the atmosphere, which is why when Alabama won, I, I wasn't I wasn't surprised by it. I am disappointed in my Notre Dame that they didn't make it. I kind of wanted them to do a little kick in the butt to Brian Kelly and get it. <laughs> but, you know, being in the Fiesta Bowl, that's good for them too. You know, I'm very excited to see what Marcus Freeman is going to do for Notre Dame because it's clear that he is a player's coach. And I think mm -hmm. they like that about him. I, I saw something on Notre Dame that saying that this is the new era. So they're they're going to be past Brian Kelly. Yeah, it may not be pretty under Marcus <laughs> Freeman's belt at first, but give him some time to work with the players, especially during this Fiesta Bowl. It's a lot of pressure to all of a sudden be a mm -hmm. head coach in the middle of a season. You know what I mean? When there's still mm -hmm. a lot of work to be done. So I, I'm excited to see how the players are going to react to him. We already saw it based on the video of their excitement of him being named the head coach. So I, I think that kind of helps out the situation a, a little bit more in that regard too. And let's not forget with the new NIL rule that the uh, players can transfer anytime. We're not getting any playing time. Oh, yeah. instead of instead right. of waiting a year to play for that program, they could play basically right away. The crazy part about that portal is the Nebraska quarterback. Yes, like, okay, yeah. you're going into your seventh year. Who can <laughs> you going to transfer out? <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's too. Everyone yeah, in Nebraska is so good. Like everyone in Nebraska, I'm sorry if you're a Nebraska fan, they just think the Cornhuskers are great. Like there's no other team better than Nebraska. I don't know if you guys have been out there. There's nothing outside of that campus. I remember driving through there when I was going on a trip to Colorado and I'm looking at it and I see the big N in the distance. And I said, this is it. It's a big place <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, again, that brings up my point saying why big players aren't going to schools like Nebraska, because they could be good. They just don't have the mm -hmm. right players um, that are getting recruited or players that are attracted enough to not only the football program, but the aspects around it besides the school and outside of it. Yeah, the rooms. It's also made, about uh, the facilities as well. <laughs> well, and also too, it's interesting that you know, K State, K State, you know, Cal. I mean, those are some of the uh, some of the schools that you're thinking about uh, transferring to. I mean, you know, good luck right. to him. I mean, like you said, he, this could be this will be his seventh year, so I'm sure he's gonna wanna. I'm sure he's gonna probably wanna go somewhere where he can win. So we'll see what he does. We'll keep you guys yeah updated on that. Um, the college football awards were handed out uh, yesterday. Uh, Bryce Young, the quarterback from. Alabama won a couple of awards, won the best quarterback award. That's the Davey O'Brien award and the Maxwell award, which is the best, uh, which is a uh, player of the year. Now there's only been one time that the player that won that did not win that award ended up winning the Heisman, uh, in the last you know, seven years. That was, in, it was in 2018 when Tua won that award, but mm -hmm. Tyler Murray ended up winning the Heisman. So your, your Heisman finalists, who are they? Well, it's young. It's, Excuse me. It's C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. It's um, Kenny Pickett, you know, the talented quarterback, senior quarterback from Pittsburgh. He actually won the John Unitas Award, the Golden Arm Award. And Aiden Hutchinson, who I think is the first time, like the last couple of years, as Chase Young did a couple of years ago, the defensive guy 
you know, you know, had to, you know, has been invited to be a finalist in the Heisman. Of course, he's from Hutchinson is from Michigan. Who you guys think will win that award? You want to start, Sid, or do you want? Yeah, me to I'll start? I'll just get out the way. It'll probably be that Bryce Young kid out of Alabama. I'm sorry, <laughs> I don't know. It just it came to my mind, especially the way they uh, they finished out the year and uh, the way they played against uh, Georgia in the SEC title game. Uh, I I can't see uh, why now it will be him. You know, I would love to see not a quarterback getting the Heisman Award. I would like to see uh, that the defensive player from Michigan get it. They've had, you know, a great turnaround this season. And I think defense is a big part of the game. It, it's great to have offense. It's great. But the way to avoid the other team from winning is by having the defense stop them. So I, I'm rooting for that Michigan kid. I hope he gets it. Yeah, I agree. I really like Aiden Hutchinson a lot. And- and look, don't be surprised if you know Kenny Pickett, especially with that you know that fake slide that since they've now outlawed you know nice a lot into double A against in the ACC championship game. I mean, he might look. I mean, he's been there for five years. He's got all the passing records. You know, the school passing records had stood in some cases for like you know 30, 40 years. So I would like to see him win it. Like I said, before, I would love to see Hutchinson win it. He's been one of the reasons why Michigan's where they are right now. Him and Hassan Haskins and uh you know. Uh, Kate McNamara for that, who's a quarterback. So I think those three guys are the main reasons why Michigan's where they are. They're now in the playoff. Um, the Army Navy game is next is you know, tomorrow. You know all the great pageantry. You know it's a great you know tradition. Um, President Biden might be there too. You know his you know his late oh. son. Yeah, you know, it looks it looks like you know, there have been rumors about it. Nothing's official yet, but I think there have been rumors that he's gonna probably gonna go to East Rum go to the games of East Rutherford this year. So he might make an appearance. Of course, you know his late son Bo wasn't was in the Army, so. I'm sure yeah. you know that would be a great moment, you know, just to share with those young men. Should he decide to go, of course, that's a definitive yet, but just the pageantry of that that game, you know, they get the, the spotlight to themselves when it comes to college football. Since most of the games, the the rest of the you know, the conference championship games and stuff, such are over with. So, if you guys have a good chance, you know, check out CBS. We've been doing it for like the last, like, I think the last like 15, 20 years. So, I watched it for years when it was on ABC. I grew up watching it. It just there's there's really nothing like it. So, you know. It's just a, a, a great moment. So if you guys haven't had, don't, you know, don't get, if you don't watch a, if you haven't watched college football this year, a football game this year, this will probably be the one you guys should watch. Just mm-hmm. a thought. Yeah. You're listening to second city sports right here on sports on Chicago city. Lakini and Christine here are here with you, Christine. Uh, let's uh, go to basketball and talk about the Chicago bulls. We had Rob Schaefer from NBC sports Chicago on in our last segment. We, we talked about the issues going on with the team right now. Uh, five players on the COVID list. They play, uh, against the Miami Heat on the road in South Beach tomorrow night. They lost their game against Cleveland on Wednesday night. Uh, it's remarkable that this Bulls team, uh, with all the, uh, I don't want to say turmoil, but with all the adversity, they still have a 17-9 and record, um, one of the top uh, records in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing what a week can do. We were talking about last week how they were on their way to New York, and you know they're the kings of New York now. They could say that they own New York, unlike you know Aaron Rodgers saying that they, that he owns the Bears. That that's a little joke. <laughs> but, but you know, I think I mentioned this a few weeks ago when I said I really do trust the bench players on that team. There's a reason why the bench players are there. I think they're ultimately the playmakers, because if it wasn't for a good solid bench, the team wouldn't be where they are right now. Is it something to worry about that five players are on the COVID list? I mean, I guess, but you know, there's a reason why, like I said, they have backups and with this team, I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry too much about it in my opinion. 
I would worry more about the injuries, if anything. Exactly. I think, yeah. I, and, I'm, and I'm glad this is happening now, whether as you know, in the middle of the season, going into the playoffs, that we really would be having right. issues. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Um, hold on, let me see if there's one more thing I wanted to ask you guys. Before we go to break, uh, speaking of uh, Notre Dame, um, uh, Christine, a uh, couple yeah. of their top players. I mean, you know, Kyle Hamilton, Kyron Williams. They're gonna skip. They're gonna skip their that their Fiesta Bowl matchup against Oklahoma State. And go straight to the to the NFL draft or preparing for the NFL draft, yeah. I should say. So, what do you think about that? Because more and more players seem to be doing this. It's not surprising because I could see why players would do that and leave their bowl games early. And here's why. I don't think they want to risk injury. You know, the market, what their whole franchise, I guess you can say, is them, is their body. That's their that's their moneymaker right there. And I don't think they want to have that risk of, hey, if I have a chance to go into the NFL, do I really want to risk an ACL injury, an MCL injury, whatever it is, for a bowl game. Now, going back to Notre Dame, a lot of great players have come out of Notre Dame in the NFL. The recent one I'll point out, Cole Komet on the Bears, he's been a just a monster. He's a tank. He's a tank out there for the position that <laughs> he's in. And, you know, there's a lot of great success that comes out of people leaving early to go pursue what they want to do. And if that's something that their heart is telling them to do, the the worst thing that can happen to anyone that leaves early is being told no. That's the worst thing that can happen, in all honesty. There's always another opportunity to get back on the college field. But if they have a chance to go pro, I'd say go for it. And why take the risk? All right. We hit the bottom of the hour. We have a quick timeout, but when we return, Christine will stay with us to uh, give her give us her picks for week 14 action in the National Football League. Yeah. Of course, Lakeem is going to give our results from last week and our standings overall, and we'll have a whole lot more fun. You're listening to Hashtag Football Friday, live in Living Color on Second City Sports. Sit, Lakina Christina, right here on Sports Zone Chicago. AutomotiveMap.com presents the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Kane steps up the slot, sets Jones, put up inside, and the score! Jonathan Taves with his first goal of the season, standing right behind the Canadian crease and redirecting that shot off of Seth Jones's stick. It's a power play goal and the first goal this season for the captain. The action on the Blackhawks radio network, 2-0 the final over the Canadians last night. 30 saves in net for Marc-Andre Fleury as the Hawks improved to 10-14-2. The Hawks with wins in two of three back to work tomorrow night at Toronto, back home on Monday night against the Flames. Justin Fields on target to start this Sunday night as the Bears take on the Packers. Green Bay a perfect 5-0 at home. The Packers 9-3 this season. The Bears are 4-8. For lightning fast sports updates, download the Score app. It's free and one of the most popular sports apps in North America. I'm Chuck Sanders. That's the Sports Flash on the Sports Zone Chicago. Shop styles up to 70% off at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Don't forget to combine it with your Gap Cash. Save more through December 9th at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. takes two vaccines to help protect you this season, the flu and COVID-19. And now you can get both shots at the same visit. Learn more at cdc.gov vaccines. You need an accurate thermometer to check for fever. 
a potential sign of flu or COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Exergen Temporal Scanners are available at Walmart and other fine retailers. Learn more at exergen.com. That's E-X-E-R-G-E-N.com. Exergen is changing the way the world takes temperature. Welcome back to Hashtag Football Friday, live in Living Color, right here on Sports Zone, Chicago. Sid, Lakina, and Christine here with you. This is our last segment of the week, last segment of the show. If you want to comment or have a question for us uh, uh, during our last segment, you can go to Sports Zone Chicago on Facebook or Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in your questions or comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. Now it's time for our week 14 NFL picks. Lakina, what's our results from last week in our standings overall? Well, I know I'm in last now, so unfortunately I had only had seven. Oh, I only had seven. Yeah, I know. I only had seven right uh, last week. You, you, Christy, you've officially passed me. So you're still you're still up by five. You know, there's a six-game gap between the, the three of us. So, you know, wow. still, still a few weeks left, though. So let, let's not, you know, let's not get discouraged. Now, Which team screwed you over last week, Lakina? Uh, there were a couple. I, I think the bu- Buffalo. Buffalo, I think, really, you know. I picked New England. I was the only one. I know. I yep. know. Yeah, that's why you were in the past. I think there were a couple other uh, losses. Who, who else lost that? That, that Cincinnati. I thought Cincinnati, Cincinnati yeah, was going to yeah. win. Yeah, I had the charges. I told y'all, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, there were a couple other. Yeah, there were a couple teams that kind of screwed me over. So, yeah, that, that's why I'm now in last. But I'm not I'm not discouraged. So, yeah, we got some good uh, good games here coming up this week. I believe this is the last of the bi- uh, the bye weeks. You know, Colts, Dolphins, Patriots, and Eagles are all on bye. So, adjust your fantasy teams accordingly. Lee and you know, first off in our week 14 matchups, a good one here in the NFC East. You've got the Cowboys and Washington. Sid, you start this one for us. Dallas and Washington head coach Mike McCarthy from Dallas said that there he was going to guarantee that his team was going to win this game. <clears throat> Let's see here. Dallas leads the division. Washington's at 500. Dallas is favored by five points on the road. On a personal note, I got both their starting wide receivers, CD Lamb and and Omari Cooper on my fantasy team, they're better playing, better play well. But besides the point, that's besides the point, Dallas better get their running backs healthy, in particular Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. If they could do that and run the ball down Washington's throat, they'll be able to win the game. It's going to be a close game, as always is between these two rivals. I think Dallas is a better team uh, uh, this year. I know Dak Prescott didn't play in, in any of the games that they lost last year. Dak is back. I think this is going to be a turnaround game for him. So I'm going with Dallas on the road. Yeah, you know, a lot of people believe that this should have been the Sunday night matchup because Washington has really turned it around over the last couple of weeks. They're 6-6. Six and six. Dallas is 8-4. and four. It's a huge division game for them. Um, you know, Washington just had that thriller, thriller win against the Raiders. Then again, Dak is 7-1 and one with Washington, and I think that stat speaks for itself too. Hmm. So uh, theoretically-wise, Dallas has been looking great this season. I'm going to go with Dallas for this one too. Yeah, I'm going to pick Dallas too. I, I just think that, the t- you know, the talent isn't there. Um, they, you know, they've got guys on IR, Washington does. You know, there's just too many you know guys that are – you know, at on IR for Washington. So 
I think, yeah, I, I think, and I think that, you know, the Cowboys realize that if they want to, you know, keep up with the, the division, I think they need to win this game. So I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Although I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, look, we all know how Ron Rivera likes to motivate his guys. Yeah. So I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they do, if they do pull off the upsets. Uh, keeping it short and sweet here in the AFC South, you got the Jags and the Titans. Titans come off a of bye. I think, you know what? I'm gonna pick the the Titans in a in a you know handily. If if they don't win this game, you know they gotta keep up in the, in the playoff chase. They'll try to get that one seed. So if they don't win this game, shame shame on them. I'm going with the Titans to keep it straight and simple. No need to drag this one out anymore. Right. I'm going with the Titans as well. They're favored by nine and a half. All right. Uh, short and sweet. I love we can have gates. Everybody can just go zip right through. Uh, Seahawks, <laughs> right? You know, Seahawks and Texans. Um, they, uh, Davis, Davis Webb is your quarterback for the rest of the season for the Texans. I don't think it's going to matter. The noon game, okay, yeah, that's not, that's not, I don't think it's going to matter for the Seahawks either. I think they're, they're going to try to feel like they have a very slim shot at the playoffs. So I'm going to pick Seattle. Again, another short and sweet one, Seattle. Houston, we all know how they've been this year. Seattle's had their struggles too, but I think this game is in favor of Seattle. Nice win by the Seahawks last week to keep mm-hmm. their quote-unquote faint playoff hopes alive. They have a better chance than the yeah. Bears, but that's a whole other issue. Okay. Se- yeah, Seattle's favored by six and a half. I think Russell Wilson will play better on the road, and they got to get a consistent running game going. They did last week, especially with that fake punt to start the game. And uh, I think they'll continue to do that against a bad Houston team. So I'm going with the Seahawks. All right. Um, you know, Davis, Davis Mills, I should say, to start the season. I don't know where I got Davis Mills from. But, <laughs> yeah, I just had to clean that up a little bit. Uh, a, a good one here in the AFC West. I mean, some people probably would have said that this should have been the Sunday night game. Uh, Raiders and Chiefs. Uh, Christine, you start this one for us. Gosh, I, I mean, this is going to be a close one, I think. And, man, this is the game I circled saying, which one do you want? And, (laughs) you know, in all honesty, I I think I might regret this, but I think the Raiders have a chance to pull an upset here. And and here's why. Both of these teams have cracked under the pressure recently. So in the end, someone's going to crack again. Someone's going to come out on top or someone is going to get disappointed. I know it's a home game for KC, but I think Vegas has an interesting way of surprising everybody. So this is the game I'm going to pick for my upset. I'm going to go with the Raiders just because it really could be anybody's game. Well, you're not too far, Christine. Of course, the Raiders beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead last year. Of course, on Sunday Night Football, the Raiders got excuse me, they got destroyed by the Chiefs at home in the second half. So they could play with the Chiefs, but I'm going with Kansas City here. I know they favored by ten. I don't know if Kansas City is going to cover the spread. That decision is up to you all. But uh, the Chiefs' defense has been the story over the last month. Kansas City's offense got to get it together because if they don't, they're really going to get exposed come playoff time. But I'm going with the Chiefs. But don't be surprised if the Raiders cover. I'll just leave it out there. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, I'm picking the Raiders because, like I said, the Chiefs have not done anything the last few weeks to impress me. Yeah, they've won, yeah. but like I, I did that. Okay, and like you haven't, <laughs> they haven't really, done, they haven't really done anything to to impress me. So like I don't. Right. 
Yeah, so I'm gonna pick the Raiders in the upset. I'll I'll regret it later, but you know what? I'm just gonna go for you it. You and me both, girl. You and okay. me both. Okay. <laughs> Cyber high five. A fist bump, my sister. Uh, there you go. All right, Saints and Jets. Uh, the Saints, look, I don't care who's playing quarterback. Sid could be playing quarterback. I think they could still be able to beat the Jets, so I'm picking the Saints. I could play quarterback, and I could beat the Jets. So, yeah, <laughs> let's go New Orleans for this one. Let's go Saints. Do we have a status with Alva Kamara? Probable. Oh. Probable, I think. I think I heard what okay. they say he is probable. So he's been probably I'm sure he's going sure to play because it's the Jets. So New Orleans is favored by six and a half on the road. I'm going with New Orleans. Keep it Only short. Six and, sweet. and a half? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, gosh, that's it. Oh, I guess I don't yeah. know. I guess, I guess Vegas knows something. I guess they're only a six and a half uh, point favorite. All right. Interesting one here in the NFC South. You got the Falcons and the Panthers. Sid, you start this one. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons had so many opportunities to uh, crawl back to the 500 mark. Uh, it looks like it's not going to happen this week. Matt Ryan's going to face a different uh, defense in the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are favored by three. Of course, there is no web offensive weapons left for Mr. Ryan. Uh, Cam Newton's looking forward to turning things around. I know they fired their offensive coordinator last week. Uh, it's going to be ugly close, but I see Carolina coming out with the win. And of course, Christian McCaffrey's out. For the year yes. for the Panthers yeah. uh, with an injury as well. Chubba Herbert, uh, Herbert, their backup run, rookie running back, he's not a bad uh, player at all. So no. uh, if you're looking for yeah. a sneaky player in your fantasy team, pick him up. So I'm going with the Panthers. Lakina, you can go next. Okay. Look, I've been back and forth on this one. I, I honestly too. don't know. That's I, why I came to you first. That's why you, that's why you went to me. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't know what to, can this game into a, into a, in a tie? Because I, I honestly well, it just may be. I honestly don't know who to pick for this. I, I guess I'll pick the Panthers since they're at home. Where they maybe mm -hmm. uh, Chuba you know has a, a breakout game, I guess, or maybe you know, Cam you know he likes playing at home, so maybe he'll have a nice performance. So it's gonna it'll be close, but I'm, I'll pick the Panthers just because they're at home. You know. Ever since the, quote, return of Cam Newton, I think the Carolina Panthers have been kind of going this way. They were riding that high for a hot minute, yep. and now they're just they're, – they're going back down a little bit. So just to be different from, from you two, I'm going to go with Atlanta for this one just because lately Cam Newton – has not looked great. Nope, neither of these teams look great. If you're betting, stay away from it. Like, like, don't even go near this one. But just so to, you know, be different, I I'm picking Atlanta. Yeah, that, you know what? And, and it wouldn't surprise me if they do pull it no. out. I mean, you know, look, there have always been some great games between these two. As is for these two teams, in the AFC North, you got the Ravens and the Browns, of course. They played a couple weeks ago on Sunday night. Browns, despite, you know, Edison Lamar Jackson four times, you know, not able to put in the offense together. I know the Ravens have had a lot of injuries. I know, you know, Humphrey, Mar you know, Mar Marlon Humphrey's out, of course, for the year. This is going to be one of those like nine, six, you know, 10 to six, 10 to seven type of games. 1970s football presented <laughs> oh, by yeah. Lakina McGee. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, right. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know what? It's going to be close again, but I still, I'll, <laughs> I'll pick the Ravens because I think this. I think the Lamar, Lamar wants to kind of redeem himself after what happened last week against the Steelers. So mm -hmm. I, it's going to be. It's probably going to come out to a Justin Tucker field goal. I'll say that. I think this is definitely one of those like need to win situations for Baltimore. I'm going to 
throw a little fun fact at you. It's the first time in 30 years that the same team have played the same teams have played each other back to back in weeks. So was the NFL lazy with scheduling this? Who knows? <laughs> but it's it's kind of fun to kind of fun to say that. And you know, I think Baker has still been having some issues. They, they do have the mm-hmm. advantage of the Browns just because you know they have that extra time to prepare. Given that that bye week, now the Ravens did win in week 12 over the Browns. So I think just because of that statistic alone, even though it's a home game and they've had time to prepare for it, I'm going to pick Baltimore. It's mainly because Baker's been having his own injury issues and whatnot. Baltimore should have won that game uh, at Pittsburgh last week. Thank you, John Harbaugh, for um, that two-point conversion instead of taking the one and going for overtime. But that's neither here or there. I know Baltimore's Mm -hmm. favorite by one, as you mentioned, Christine. Cleveland is coming off a bye week, so they should be the fresher team. All they have to do is run the football with uh, Kareem Hunt and uh, Nick Chubb, and the defense got to come up with a couple of big plays. Uh, Pittsburgh did that toward the end of that game last week. And let's see if, if Miles Garrett can lead the charge for this Browns defense. I'm going with Cleveland at home, even yeah. though they're one point underdog. Okay. Oh, really? They're oh, they're one point underdog. Okay, so I guess yeah, I guess, yeah. Baltimore's favorite by one, so it's basically a pick 'em. Yeah, so it's a pick 'em. Yeah, and like like Christine said, stay away from this game if you're a gambler. Don't 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 yeah. go nowhere near this. Uh, or don't go near this one either. It's the first of the three o'clock games. You got the Giants and the Chargers. Look, the Giants are banged up. Chargers, you know, please get the ball, keep the keep it moving here. You're right there in the in the in the um the wild card chase. You know, Justin Herbert will have a big game. I know there's a there's an outbreak there. I know Keenan Allen's gonna is out, so will Mike Williams. Yeah. But they it really shouldn't make a difference. I mean, these are the Giants, so I think the Chargers. If they gotta let Austin that can run the ball for like you know forty times, that's fine. But just just go for it. You know, I'm picking the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers of. Uh, whatever to San Diego or SoCal <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with the chargers here too. keep it short, sweet, and simple. Yeah. I'm going with the chargers as well. Whoever plays quarterback for the New York football giants, we got all three of us could do it, but behind that garbage offensive line. No, no, no thanks. Nah. <laughs> I'm going with the chargers. <laughs> yeah. The bears play them in a couple of weeks too. So maybe this might be Yay! the one game. Might be their only the only win left that they'll be able to have. But that's <laughs> that's another story. Uh, the one ten and one Lions first off their first win against the Vikings, going against the Broncos. You know, of course, you know our thoughts and prayers go out to a former Bronco yeah. wide receiver Demarius Thomas, who sadly yeah. passed away. It looks like he you know he had been suffering from seizures last year. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers go you know, to him and the rest of the, uh, the, the his teammates and his family. But back to back to business. Um, I think the Broncos should win it. I think they'll feed off that motivation, though. I think, you know, it's the Lions. They might they'll be playing outside. I think they still might be in a high from that when it gets the Vikings. So I think Teddy Bridgewater will have a, a big game, and their defense will just have to win this game. So I'm picking the Broncos. Yeah, not only condolences to the Broncos, but also the people of Michigan. You you know, we talk so much garbage about Detroit all the time. But to have something like that happen at a, at a high school, seriously, that, that's, not, that's not a good feeling to have. And, it, and it's actually fitting. I think that Detroit won that game last week. 
J mm -hmm. Just because given the circumstances and what a great way to get their first actual win along mm -hmm. with, you know, Michigan before them, they're, they're getting their, them getting their win the night before. So uh, again, we, we can hate on them as much as you want, but it was kind of fitting that Michigan kind of took over last weekend. But when it comes to this game, yeah, uh, Denver's got this one in the bag. Detroit definitely Definitely had luck and maybe a little something else on their side too last week. And that um, Michigan High School got the game ball from the Detroit Lions organization. Which is awesome. Uh, yeah. Cool. yeah. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, Very but as cool. far as this game is concerned, I'm going with Denver. They're an eight and a half point favorite at home. All right. So the 49ers and the Bengals, you know, kind of a late game for, for Cincy. I know they've had you know, injury issues that the 49ers have. I mean, and Cincinnati needs to win this game in order to kind of keep up, you know, yeah. pace with the in the wild card spot. This is another pick 'em for me. <sighs> oh shoot! Uh, I'll pick Cincy again. Again, don't let me down this time, Cincy, or else I'm, I'm going to look <laughs> at you funny. So I'm picking Cincinnati. I think if, if they keep Joe Burrow upright, I think that's going to be the key. <laughs> Please yeah. keep him upright, and you'll be fine. You know, but that four ninety two is pretty formidable. So I'm al I'm already regretting my pick. So. <laughs> I'm going with San Francisco in a slight I upset. I knew it. One because Cincinnati got their doors blown off by the Chargers last week, as I told you was going to happen on this yeah, show. Thanks for uh, reminding us. <laughs> yeah, and, you, and number two, um, San Francisco, uh, despite that bad loss last week at Seattle, looks like Jimmy G is starting to turn the quarter. As of right now, he's my starting quarterback in fantasy. So, uh, if you could cut the turnovers down to a zero, they'll be great. They're running the ball great with Elijah Mitchell. And if uh, the if the Bosa kid can show up on defense, uh, I think that it's going to be an ugly close game, but I think San Francisco is going to come out on top. Well, Cincinnati, don't let me down this time. <laughs> move with Cincinnati, too, just because they've had more of a high and more success this season as opposed to the 49ers where they're just starting to get things clicking again. So, And it's a home game for Cincy, too, so mm -hmm. Cincinnati. All right. Uh, we might hopefully we'll be deal. We'll be celebrating a Cincy win. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really. Of course, of course I'll be watching it, that game in its entirety on my computer screen. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, one of the games of the week in uh, on CBS. Uh, of course, Stevens has a double header again this week. You got the Bills and the Bucks. Christine, you start this one for us. Yay! I wanted to start. Okay, so I know the Bills fans are kind of shocked right now. Still. I have another fun fact. I like looking up these fun facts. It's the first time that a game, what they had with the Patriots last week, it's the first time since the Saints team in 1978 that it was a completely all-run game situation. And you would think with the Bills being in the location where they are and what weather they were going to get, you would mm -hmm. think that they would have done the same thing as what Belichick did with the with the Patriots now the Bears they tried to do that but you know with our O-line and quarterback and coach mm -hmm. that just wasn't gonna happen so, <laughs> it just wasn't going to happen um however I, I think the Bucks are nine and three right and they're right. they're they're top in the NFC South they had a great win against Atlanta I believe Gronk and Brady that was their sixth 
touchdown yep. reception together or 60th touchdown. 60th, reception 60th, yes. Um, so I, I just think Tampa has, oh gosh, I don't know, because you have the Bills that were riding a complete high and now they're downturning, but I know they probably want that win against Tampa. However, I wouldn't underestimate the power of Tom Brady, especially at a home game. So I'm going to pick Tampa Bay. I'm going with the Colin Kyle Herb method. Uh, the, the team that gets embarrassed on Monday on uh, prime time uh, the previous week will come back to have a better effort the next week. I think the Bills will do that, uh, even though they lost by four. They got uh, no pun intended. They got that manhood taken away from them. And trust me, yeah. as you mentioned, Christine, they want to uh, rebound and rebound with a strong effort. I think you're going to get that. But the offense must play much better. And it starts yeah, with the yeah. quarterback Josh Allen. And as I said before all season, I'll say it again. If Allen's your leading rusher instead of your running backs, it's going to be a problem, especially against this good Tampa Bay defense. Right. I'm going to go out on the limb and pick Buffalo on the close one. Oh, God. I've been, I've been, you know, yeah, I've been back and forth in this game all like the you know, last couple of days. Mm -hmm. And I look at what happened with, with Buffalo, and I know they're smarting from that, from that loss. I think they still are. But I think they're, you know, they got to go on the road. And I'm sure, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks will be waiting for them. So I'm picking the Bucks only because they're at home. Although I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills somehow pull it off. But yeah. I think the Bucks are just a better team. All right. A really good one here on Monday night. I know the, I know, you know, the Monday night guys are looking forward to this game. They get to yeah. be in a warm setting too. I mean, that's another big thing I'm sure for them. Uh, Rams and Cardinals. Sid, you start this one for us. Oh, this is going to be a classic game on Monday night. Two yeah. NFC West rival teams. Uh, Arizona, we know we all know what they did to the Bears last week. Uh, <laughs> the Rams got back on track against a bad Jaguars team. Arizona's at home. They're favored by two and a half. Your shoes are going to be smart. I'm picking the Rams. Remember, Arizona beat the Rams on their home turf early in the season. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the Rams' only blip at that time. But now it's time for the tables to turn. I think the Rams' defense is going to step up. I think Matthew Stafford is going to have a good game. He doesn't have to have a great game, but he needs to have a good game. Stop throwing pick sixes and run the ball with some consistency. And if they could do that, the Rams will win. Uh, the, the Rams have revenge on their mind. They get an extra day to prepare. I'm going with the Rams on the road. Oh, you want me to go next, Christine? Yes, yes, please. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be a, a classic one here. It might, it come, it could come down to a hail mary. It could come down to a last second, you know, field goal. Could come down to a last second uh, touchdown uh, drive. Who knows? But look, you know, thirty-seven twenty. Uh, the Rams lost to the Cardinals. I'm sure they're going to want that revenge. Problem is, the Cardinals still got a lot to play for, though. They're the number one seed right now. They know they have mm -hmm. to keep pace with the Packers because you know the Packers on the tiebreaker against them. Uh, everyone's getting healthy with the Cardinals. You know, for the most part, Chandler Joes might be back. You know, they're kind of practicing him up a little bit, although he'll be limited. It's going to be a close one, but I'm picking the Cardinals in a very close one. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with you too, Lakina, and say the Cardinals. And here's why: so since the Bears, since the Bears, since the Rams lost to them in Week Four, they've only been five and three since, and it it appears to me that's that Stanford is only winning against okay teams. So the real question is, can he actually beat a good team? That, that's the, the main question I have. 
So I think with the showing what we saw last week, I mean, granted, it's the Bears, but we couldn't even stop them. And the whole <laughs> Murray doing the I'm back thing, that was kind of hilarious. Like that whole memo that was sent out. I, I just kind of rolled my eyes at that one, but we all saw what he can do. And again, at one point they were undefeated. So I am going to give this one to Arizona. I think Monday night actually struck gold with this one, evidently. Oh yeah. We might be here at Steve. We call like maybe a, a game winning, you know, touchdown drive or maybe a, another yeah. Hail Mary. Who knows? Right. All right. Don't forget that game's also on ABC and no Manning cast. Oh, yeah. No Manning cast. Also, too, it's going to be simulcast. So I I think even Mm -hmm. these are two West Coast teams. What's going on? Yeah. But they're going to return for the last week of the regular season. They'll be their last broadcast of the regular season. Is that what they're calling their bye week? Well, they only signed up for ten uh, each year those those three years, and I think wow. they're, they're, yeah they're already at nine. So uh, for, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look at it, they won't be able to call uh, Vikings yeah. and uh, Bears ne- Bears and Vikings next week. So um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really wanted that too, but uh, you know, it is what it is. But uh, last but certainly least, Bears and Packers. I want to keep it short and sweet. I'm sorry, NBC. I'm sorry, uh, the to America. <laughs> You know, all this stuff about, you know, they're going to use all this as motivation, blah, 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 you know. And uh, I believe that they uh, they just uh, posted the uh, injury stuff for the Bears. Like, like Hits is probable. He's a game. He'll be a game time decision. He's questionable. Mario Edwards Jr. is also questionable. Marquise Goodwin is doubtful. So so is Andy Dalton. Also, Angela, Angela uh, uh who is out? Oh, Cassius Mars. He is out. You know, I don't think that's going to that really matters. No. But um, look, that doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't really matter. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter at all. So, you know, look, the Packers know they have to win this game. I know they're not. I know I hear, you know, I heard Matt LaForest comments, Matt LaForest comments say, oh, it's going to be a bye, another bye week for them. I think he's just saying that kind of, they're going to keep their guys on their toes. Aaron Rodgers, look, he's 22 and five against the Bears. He's going to be 23 and five. I'm picking the, pack, the Packers. Will they get? Will the Bears get blown out? Maybe, but I think they're going to keep it close for a little bit. You know, especially now that Justin Fields is back. But it, it's it's going to be the Packers all the way. I got the Packers defense as of now starting on my fantasy roster, so uh, you can make that for what you will. But back to this game, as we said before, looking at the top of the of this hour. Uh, the, the Bears did keep it close in the first meeting at Soldier Field this season. They need to stick to that script. I don't know how long they can do that, but Regardless, uh, the Packers are favored by 12 and a half. I'm taking the Packers in the points. Yeah, this is what I'll have to say. First two series of the game with the Cardinals, um, they both ended in interceptions. At the beginning of the game, it clearly said on the screen, and the broadcasters can deny it as much as they want, it said that Nagy was calling the plays. Once you see that, you already know where that game was going to go. They could show the lane duck offensive coordinator as much as they want, but it was Nagy that was controlling the game. Four turnovers ended with the Cardinals giving them 20-plus points. That's insane in itself, too. And at one point, I was actually impressed with a couple of series that Dalton led um, with how quick the offense was, moving it along, especially with the weather conditions, just because – Arizona isn't used to something like that. So I liked that pace of the game. Um, And, you know, 
at, at one point, I, I thought, hey, you know, this could actually be close. They, they had a chance. The Bears failed to do what the Patriots ended up succeeding in with running the ball. And given the conditions, I know it was risky, but I would have liked to seen a little bit more throwing because at one point, you hand the ball off to Montgomery enough, they're going to pick up on that really quick, really mm-hmm. quick. There was a nice flea flicker move that I'm like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. Just more trick plays like this. Keep them coming, please. But, you know, with the Packers coming off of a bye and with the extended history, there, there's just no way that I think that the Bears are going to win this one. I know that Fields, they say that he's healthy, but just how exactly is he feeling? Like, how healthy is he really? At this point, especially if you don't want to risk the future of the Bears, I wouldn't even put Fields in for this game. I would rather see Folds at this point. This is what I was asking for on Sunday when things were just kind of falling apart. Just put Folds in. There's honestly nothing to lose at this point. I would rather have a good draft pick than this game be won, in all honesty, just because there really isn't a point. Is it great to have that notch on your belt saying, yeah, we beat the Packers? Of course. But is it worth it in the long run when it comes to the future? No, I don't think so. So the Packers are going to win this one, and the Bears are going to waste everybody's time on Sunday night. And I'm sorry for that. Remember that draft pick goes to the New York Giants yeah. this year because of the trade, the trade. for Justin Fields yeah. in the draft last the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, and those are your uh, NFL week four, <laughs> week fourteen uh, pickskin pickums here on Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago. Want to give a couple of shout outs to real quick. Uh, I know we're up against it. Shout out to Mark Andre Fleury who got his five hundred as a Blackhawks. You know that was a that was actually the really a really good game. He got you know, only the third. You know goalie in history which is uh, which is astonishing to me that you know the, he's just a third goalie to win 500 uh 500 games so that's a you know big shout out to him yeah. they got a nice win against the canadians shutting them out uh two to nothing uh <laughs> they play the maple Leafs, continue their canadian road trip so we'll see how how they do they're also to your buddy ron harper jr said uh Hit a half court shot to upset. I saw one. that. Yes, against yeah, Purdue. One. Yes, yeah, number one. <laughs> they might Purdue. put. Me, uh, <laughs> we gotta get a couple of our college football, uh, basketball people on the program. Hopefully, to the sports booking guest guys. Hopefully, we get Stephen Barter on there. But then <laughs> I had this crazy thought this morning. I think he's a senior now. I'm talking yes, about Ron for Junior. Yes. Yeah, yes. this shot. Hopefully, continues on. Uh, uh, except for against Illinois, of course. But uh, hopefully, if Ron Harper Junior. builds off of that. Uh, that that game, what happened last night, might put him in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah really and I, and I, I, oh, I, I'm sorry. I was no, go, say, no, really go ahead, no, go ahead. Go really ahead, quick about college basketball. I don't know why Illinois isn't in the top ten. I saw that list and I'm like, wait a minute, where the heck is Illinois in this? They had a great season. <laughs> well, they've had well you get to I watch. Yeah, you get to watch it tomorrow at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time yeah. on Foxdale. Take yeah. on the Arizona down there in Champaign. So if they can win that game, they'll probably bump them up. Uh, they'll probably uh, get in the top 25. Yeah, I and just also, couldn't believe that. 
Well, remember too, they've been kind of up and down. They had a couple of bad losses. They lost to Cincinnati. Right. They lost also lost to Marquette too. Of course, they didn't have Kofi Coburn there. You know, at the time he was suspended for mm-hmm. you know. Well, we won't get into that's that reason why, but <laughs> that's one of the reasons why. Also too, but a big game on Sunday, which you'll see on ABC at two o'clock, Villanova and the defending national champion Baylor. People are forgetting that. People are keep forgetting that. Mm-hmm. I know. They I could, forget that too. Yeah, but you know, if Baylor if Baylor beats Villanova, they could be the end up being the number one team in the country too. So they're yeah. they're, they're right at right, number. Two, so should be a good one here. A great top 10 matchup on ABC. So in between the NFL games, make sure you guys check that game out. And also, too, I need you two to start being more versed in college uh hoops. I mean, you know, college football is over with, you know, conference play is gonna be starting in some of these, you know, you know Big Ten's already started theirs. And so I'm gonna need you guys to be start you know, following college basketball a little more closely. Lakina, <laughs> okay. the college sport team. <laughs> Take it charge. Shots. <laughs> also, too, also too, one more time, uh, one more uh, thing. Uh, shout out to uh, Steve Kerr, who looks like he'll be the new head coach of the USA men's basketball team. That news came Ooh. out about an hour ago. Him, Monty Williams, Eric Spostra, and Gazaga head coach Mark Few will run out your coaching staff. That's a pretty good list. I know, I know, I was lobbying for Jay Wright, but I, I, I actually like this, this, uh, this group. I love it. Yeah, it's an all-star staff, and those are great basketball minds, and hopefully they can pick some great talent for the next Olympics to, yeah. to go along with it. With Grant Hill at the helm, yeah. So you want to do the the sports media stuff really quick, Sid? Yes, you can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at CK80. Once again, it's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. Oh, I meant the sports media stuff, Sid. Oh, we were... Uh, <laughs> This is live, folks. I, I, I we're running out of time, Lakina. We got to do this on Monday, unless unless you have a story that uh, really needs to be mentioned real quick. No, not really. Not okay. Really, yeah, uh, we'll do it on Monday. We'll do it on Monday right. then. But you guys know where to follow me on social media. <laughs> all right, you can follow me at Keena McGee on the Twitter and at Keena Score McGee on the IG. Christine, where can they where can people follow you in the social media streets? You can follow me on Twitter at cmanica underscore kxrb. All right, so enjoy, you know, enjoy the, I know the weather's going to be a little bit iffy for in some parts of the country. I know Chris, Christine, I know her, her area in Sioux Falls got hammered by snow. Also, too, like school, school is out. School is out today, too, so. They, yeah, they got the snow uh, snow day there, so. Yep. Uh, you know, so just be good to each other. You know, wash your hands, wear your mask, and just be safe out there. I know there's going to be a lot of stuff going on, but just be safe out there, folks. For Sid and Christine, I'm Lakina. This has been Second City Sports on Sports Zone Chicago, and we'll see you guys next week. Bear down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> <laughs>